Join the Dark Order. I'm gonna do some real cowboy shit! Dark Side of the Elite, and you are listening to A. What the fuck? So, Matt, how was your week? Damn it, you're supposed to introduce me as my full name. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt Roberts. <laughs> That's right. M A double T H E W. Not the B-Q. Double B. Double B? E double R. T double S. Ha ha ha. Ain't I great? You waited for that one, eh? I've been waiting like two weeks. <laughs> That's no, what I was say my full name, man. Say my name. Okay. Wait, say my name. <laughs> as soon as I saw Jeff Jarrett come back in AEW, I was like, I know. I can do a little Jeff Jarrett thing for some reason. But that's not how you spell your name. I know, but yeah. it was funny to me. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it spelled S L A P N U T S? Slap nuts. Is that. It was it was Z, wasn't it? All right. Honestly, honestly, it was the W part that kind of popped me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We got a whole. I got a whole bunch of cards today. Did you? Yeah. A dub. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually happened to be holding the winning card. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah, we got some AW twenty twenty two hobby boxes, and when I say we got some. I guess the whole group got like 24, but uh, yeah. we'll slowly go at it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think we're actually, right after we finish recording this, we're supposed to be doing a card break on Twitch. So uh, I don't know when this episode's going up. but <laughs> Oh, right, Friday. So when it goes up, uh, the VOD will still be up there. But <laughs> I've been go. trying to get uh, our Dark Order, Dark Order cards, but uh, I guess they're slowly dwindling away. I had them all set up on my shelf and like I pluck one off. Yeah. Energy. And then I get nothing but three energies today. I know. I know. So, uh, I, you guys got cards, uh, but I got gift cards all week. I won I won a Wendy's gift card at the work Christmas party. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I got a hundred bucks to Metro yep. for referring my girlfriend to come work at the arena with us. Oh nice. Yeah. So you guys are getting trading cards and I got gift cards. So it's, it's guess, been a week. I guess of it was cards. worth all those late nights. <laughs> yeah, I guess, right? You could have brought us a bacon eater or something. Oh <laughs> dude, I know I should have. I know Freaking guy walks in with a coffee, and I'm sitting here like shaking and everything else like that. <laughs> I was gonna hit up the Wendy's. I forgot that Brittany actually brought home to a full lasagna from that from the work Christmas yeah. party. Not like they ordered way too much food for the amount of people that showed up. So I we walked out of there with a full lasagna. Dinner for fourteen. Yeah. So I had lasagna and, and some meatballs or whatever. So we to be made, fair, we made I was like offered bandits. that last night too, and I didn't take it. I was, oh yeah, she's, I was she, yeah. Brittany <laughs> said she mentioned that. She asked if you guys wanted it. I think. Yeah. And I, I, I sent the midnight guys up there, but you know, no taker. So, yeah, I ate know. it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you reap what they sow. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had a big lunch today, so it worked out for me at least. This yeah. will be after the fact, but we're also going to Destiny where we see our uh, main man, Aiden Prince, defend his title against uh, Blake Christensen. That's all right. Gonna be a great match. That's gonna be huge. Not to mention, uh, isn't Macklin on the card as well? Yes, he is. Is Gonna be a triple threat or something with him. Yeah, not with Aiden Prince though. 
No, 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 not no. with Aiden Prince. It's uh, Fuerza, right? And someone? I can't, I I can't don't remember. Know, for some reason, I think it's Macklin versus Tarek. Oh, that actually so, be really yeah, good because I, I haven't think... seen Tarek wrestle in a, lo- in a hot minute. <laughs> you know who came back? Did exactly. you see all over the internet? Well, we're talking about indie wrestling right now, everybody. <laughs> and it's supposed to be just ramble. But Mr. Brent Banks came back. Oh, really? With a big special appearance, yeah. And so he's going to, first time in three and a half years. I talked to some of the promoters, and they're like, they DM him and they text him, and he never gets back to emails or nothing. Like, he's literally fell off the face of the earth. And when they had their show, he just showed up. <laughs> like, all right, you're in. I'm it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Banks is money, people. Banks is money. <laughs> and Smash Wrestling is now on the WWE Network. That really? is correct, yeah. Yes. yeah. Actually. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. I miss we I missed the last show. They had full, They actually showed full gear this month after their show yeah because uh, they had a show at rec room or whatever yeah. and uh yeah apparently they were doing taping for the wwe network while they were there yeah. so we can watch friend of the show kevin bennett on the wwe network that you is, will see him that is true yeah. <laughs> he has sick. a little standoff with the uh, psycho mike and the wwxn or wx wxc yeah. in england it was them versus the smash guys but it was kevin bennett and the, the heels Oh, okay. With WXC or whatever, and then it was uh, Smash and the faces on the other side, led by Psycho Mike, another friend of the show. Hey, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, should we get this started? And hi, everybody, I guess. But yeah, I was going to say, should we introduce Should ourselves? we get started? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, this is AWTF. What the heck? What is going on? With Matt Roberts. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of AEWTF. And we are going to get into all the happenings and going on in uh, the world of AEW in the last month. And we got to start with the biggest news. Preston Vance is no longer in the Dark Order. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about Jeff Jarrett's debut in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't I great? <laughs> but no, I, uh, Dark Order, like you mentioned, they're off the top, Rand. They're just slowly dropping like flies. The future doesn't look too bright for them. I wonder like what uh, happens with Uno, Silver, and Reynolds now. Because uh, Preston joined, what is it, uh, Los Ingobernables? That's right. Him yeah. and Rush. Rush. Yeah. yeah, that Rush bag. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying like in the early days of this podcast that Preston's going to lose that mask one day and like kind of do like a singles run on his own, and it seems like that's kind of finally happened. I'm, I'm really disappointed. He hasn't actually DM'd me as a lake, so I used to DM on, on Instagram and Twitter, and he would DM back. But then when I once I got his card, I got this, like, a really rare card of his, 1 to 10, and it's number 1, right? <laughs> Not number 10. I really wanted number 10. But then I, I sent it to him, nothing. And he looked at it. No message back, and I'm like, you bastard. He'd had enough of hearing from you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> Randy's officially out of the dark corner. <laughs> oh, no, I'm still there. I'm going to be the new leader when they're abolished. I'm the uh, new leader. Number 66, it's in the books. Well, I felt bad for negative one. They were showing him on TV, too, getting uh, some sympathy for that angle, too. He's, like, on yeah. stage, like, crying and carrying on and all upset and everything. So yeah. he didn't we'll press advance, that son of a bee. <laughs> he didn't sell very good negative one, though. <laughs> Well, he's only like nine years old. Well, yeah, he's gonna be say. selling better. <laughs> uh, but uh, in all seriousness, I was thinking we would start off with uh, MJF and kind of his rise to the top of AEW. What do you guys say about that? Right. 
So this whole story, <laughs> slow clap from Randy there. No, no, big clap. I'm happy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so MJF, this story starts being exiled from AEW. He gets squashed by Wardlow. And he no shows that meet and greet. Like a lot of problems like backstage with him and Tony Khan. He's removed from all programming in AEW for three months, including like the online store, uh, the website, all mentioned from him in the opening video packages. He's just kind of written off, right? Right. And uh, he finally re-signs his contract, returns it all out. And his whole story and everything he was supposed to do that I'm sure they had planned out was completely thrown out of whack by the whole brawl out thing, right? And uh, lost in that CM Punk press conference was M- uh, was Punk being asked about facing MJF now as the number one contender. And Punk even kind of took a, uh, a swipe at MJF saying that he was tired of wrestling these kids who think they know everything too. So it wasn't just a hangman in the elite that got the full wrath of CM Punk that day, too. <laughs> I love it because I look over and he's wearing a CM Punk shirt. <laughs> and I have my Kenny Omega hoodie here, too. <laughs> Why can't Choose we all side. just get along? But uh, so then the firm debuted at All Out as well, too. And uh, Stokely Hathaway, uh, I think it was, was it the AEW Unrestricted podcast or was one of them? He mentioned that... Uh, CM Punk wanted to work with him, and that's why the firm and him were supposed to be heavily figured into the CM Punk and MJF storyline. Yeah. And with Punk being gone, the firm has kind of just been like kind of dangling in no man's land a bit. You could kind of tell that like it didn't really get off the ground with as much momentum as it probably should have. And didn't some of them go like one of them went that Cole went to uh, back? back? He went to the factory. He went to the factory after, but he yeah, yeah. did come out once with them and then went to the Oh, factory. that's right. He did come out right? with them. And was it Car- Carter Cole? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or was it Jeff Farmer? Jeff yeah. Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> it stinks. That had no reaction whatsoever. Like, usually when you do, like, the guy being the fake sting, you want it to be someone that the crowd actually yeah. knows who it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my God, who is it? I don't know no, who no. that is. Uh, farmer yeah farmer <laughs> yeah that was the best but i was on last month's show <laughs> but i know i was messaging you guys even prior to this and i said what if i, I told you what's going to happen in that mjf title match i knew exactly what was going to happen a month ago exactly when it when For, it happened are you with talking regal about, with are regal about against versus, moxley oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. regal yeah, yeah, yeah. and moxley yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah mjf and moxley yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I don't know if I'm going too far ahead of you or behind. Oh, way too are. far, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I am? Okay. All good. All good. <laughs> but we talked about it, but that was great too. But let's go Okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you credit, Rand. You called it, okay? <laughs> you called it, man. He, did call, he called AEW as well. <laughs> but uh, so the MJF, like, rise to the title, it, the whole thing was centered around CM Punk, and it really needed that story because they had had the whole previous year feuding together, right, with their other pay-per-view match yeah. and, and everything like that, right? So the whole dynamic of this story changed completely with John Moxley because uh, a lot of that... The heat between the two characters wasn't the same, and Moxley was really like the the man in AEW kind of carrying the company on his back. And so that dynamic and backstory between MJF and Moxley had to be they had to kind of quickly tell a story yeah. to get to full gear. Yeah. Yeah. So since they couldn't tell that story they wanted with Punk, MJF like targeted like Moxley's upbringing uh and the kind of Ended up doubting himself and if he could beat Moxley clean or not. Yeah. And this is where we enter William Regal into this equation. Yes. So the Regal and MJF promo that they had, 
uh, where MJF's uh, early recruitment by Regal kind of comes into play and all those emails and the advice. That promo was really legendary, like an all-time AEW promo. And uh, Regal kind of realizing, like, as MJF's going on about this, that he kind of has lit a fire under the ass of MJF, which in storyline and in real life, I guess, that was kind of the intention of the whole thing. Yeah. Also, while this is going on, I wanted to mention as well that MJF, he is cast in the Iron Claw film, playing the role of Lance Von Erichs. So MJF literally becoming like a, a movie star or a television star here and like quickly rising up the ranks as AEW's most marketable mainstream persona as well. Which could you like, could you doubt that that was going to happen anyways? Right? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's got, he's got the charisma, he's got the charm, he's got everything like, um, he seems he like won't, he's he won't be, the be on rock. the same level as like the rock. Like he won't or Ryan Nemeth. I would say or he's right. Well, definitely yeah. Ryan Nemeth. Well, but Ryan, Ryan Nemeth is already soaring way okay. too high. Well, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like MJF's further along at this part in his career than even the rock was like the rock. Possibly. How old's MJF? 25. Yeah. Something like like, that. The, like mean, probably not. I don't know if the rock was in any TV or movies at 25. Because, because he got into a TV show. Well, it's a movie about the Von Erichs. Yeah, a movie. Yeah, yeah. Holden Albright was on uh, Tale of the Territories. Well, it's MJF's like The Rock. Holden's like Stone Cold. I mean, they're right there. <laughs> That's, you know? good. That's a good way. <laughs> anyway, while this is going on, we're also starting MJF. Uh, he's continuing to remind us about the upcoming bidding war of 2024. And uh, even in an uh, interview recently, MJF has denied signing an extension like when he got his raise from tony khan before all out there was rumors that like there what might have been a multi-year extension at the same time but he has denied that but also i don't know whether to believe it yeah, like is it part of the, sto- it? <laughs> the, the, the the bidding war 2024 storyline doesn't work if he's real really signed an extension right so of course yeah, he has yeah. to say no but yeah. maybe he really didn't too but i don't know what you guys think yeah, I no, I've seen hard, that interview. Hard to know. I've seen that interview you're talking about. He talks on, I think, on the podcast for like 40 minutes to almost to an hour. Yeah. He's really, really good. We'll definitely talk about it in the next. Yeah, next yeah it's, but, it's, it's in my notes for you. But I, I agree with you, Matt. I agree with you. I don't think uh, at all that uh, he did to accept. It would be stupid. stupid you would think too. Tony Khan would have been pretty insistent on a couple uh, extra years tacked onto that deal, right? Not necessarily. I don't know. I have no clue. You'd want to keep or maybe no that MJF had him over a barrel, and and he was like, "Okay, yeah. you know what? I want you back on TV. I want to do this story. We'll stay with the same amount of time, but I'll just up your money." Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's definitely possible. Like you would think that, like looking back on it now, like in hindsight, that was the best thing he ever could have did was bring MJF MJF back when he did. Yeah. For for all out, but um. And the whole thing was supposed to be planned around this huge feud with him and Punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so MJF, he defeats John Moxley, wins the AEW title at full gear, and boy, was that crowd ready. They were there to see MJF win that belt that night. If like, MJF doesn't win, we riot. Right? And, <laughs> and that was really like, uh, it kind of, it really stood out for me too, because Moxley was not positioned like as a heel in any of the story going in this at all. Like he, like we were saying earlier, he was really like, been the backbone of AEW and was there for for the fans and for Tony Khan instead of taking his vacation when Punk had to go. So 
for him that for MJF to have such a strong babyface kind of following and reaction and like desire from the fans to see him win going opposed to Moxley was like really said something to me about how popular and over this guy really yeah. is. Just just to show you how much he can get away with, he literally walked down and motorboated some girl yeah. <laughs> right in his great. entrance. And I was like, oh my God. Can I? And like in a lot of the, like the promos and appearances leading up to Full Gear, he was doing like stuff that he knew would pop the crowd and yeah, yeah. would be really entertaining. And it had a lot of the fans asking like, is it going to be an MJF baby face turn, blah, 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 right? Yeah. So I think and uh, all of that was so well done to where we are now. So the MJF wins the title not by reaching for the dynamite diamond ring, but by reaching for the brass ring, right? Yeah. So William Regal, he turns on his Blackpool Combat Club uh, mate there, John Moxley, slips the brass knucks to MJF. Bang, out goes Moxley. MJF wins the belt, and the fans are left wondering, why, William, why? <laughs> but also, like, loving it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Such a weird dynamic, but... Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> I was popping the entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... After, right after winning the belt, too, I want to mention the Full Gear Media Scrum. I know we'll get into some of that later, yeah. too, as well. Yeah. But the the promo he cuts, like, fresh out of the ring with that title belt still covered in sweat in, in uh, backstage there at that press conference, absolute money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Except for the swearing. Yeah, that Every was second. <laughs> that was that was the part that it was like a little much. I was like, my virgin ears. No, well, no, not, no, it's no. not so much that. It's more like I'm like, are we gonna have a repeat of what just happened? <laughs> like last. I was watching <laughs> Tony Khan's face the whole time. Yeah. He's just like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. It was definitely very. No uh, offense. Yeah, it was definitely uh, very messed up. Like I thought, I thought for sure it was gonna be a little crazy, but yeah, no, it, it was, was a great cool. promo. Like it, just just the arrogance of you know i told you guys and blah 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 like you doubted me you're all idiots right 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 like right. me you're all yeah, idiots. yeah you're all idiots exactly you- <laughs> all that baby face type stuff and pan kind of a little bit of crowd pandering leading up to it that's where he was just like shoved it all back in everyone's face right yeah exactly <laughs> and even the way he signed off yeah. thank you f you bye yeah <laughs> and uh you just know mr Cornette got a big kick yeah, out these of that surprises one, right? month after month are absolutely incredible with him like this this face thing and he plays it for three weeks and then the fourth week boom he goes back complete better heel than he was the last time yeah. he was a yeah, heel yeah. type thing <laughs> he's he's done it better than probably anybody else ever in the industry on how quick and how back and forth he can do it for sure. That's why I was kind of putting them on that same kind of stratosphere as like the, how The Rock's career started, right? Very similar yeah. trajectory. Stone Cold. The creation yeah. of Stone Cold is exactly it. The guy was such a uh, heel, he was a face. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. So the first Dynamite after full gear, MJF is not on the show. He's filming uh, the Von Erich movie, right? right? So William Regal comes out to represent him, and here comes Moxley through the crowd to confront his uh, former mentor, and Moxley is ready to rip his, like, I'm going to drink your blood and drink your piss, Gargle man. Your piss, Gargle your brother. piss, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here comes Brian Danielson on his hands and knees, begging John Moxley not to beat the crap out of William Hearst, kind of comparing Regal to, a, like, a father-like figure when the reason he could deal with his father's alcohol and drug issues, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. or whatever, is because of what Regal went through and all that kind of stuff. Trying to put a lot of sympathy on it. But uh, the whole dynamic of the Blackpool Combat Club now is really like, it seems to be, how do you keep it going from here? Like, I th- 
I, I, I think I think final battle is literally going to be the final match of any of those guys, like as a as a unit anymore. Well, Yuda and Claudio are still together. Yeah, but after that, I think it's kind of. I think that's probably going to be the last one that they do because I think. Um, what Poor is Yuda. It? Well, Yuda Yuda's facing what Garcia for the pure yeah. title now, and again, who knows? He might win it. I I doubt he will, but like Claudio's in a feud with Jericho yeah. about this, like. That has to kind of culminate into like one more match, maybe with like a couple of them, and I think that's it because they they've been feuding for like a while. With a this while, genius, right? Think yeah. of the whole scenario, though. Poor Yuda. Oh like, yeah. Poor Yuda in the whole thing because that guy was elevated so so high. The initial <laughs> idea of the Blackpool Combat Club was to kind of be like a heart dungeon where you like where they yeah. would graduate guys and elevate them and, and stuff like that, right? And uh, aside from that, too, I was kind of wondering where Claudio and Yuda are in this kind of. Danielson Moxley Regal dynamic. They haven't mentioned anything no. about it. They just kind of carried on their business. They're per- almost like they don't even know it's happened or something. Pretty much, pretty much. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> but and since it's named after Blackpool, Regal's hometown, it's like you can't really keep this going if he's out of the picture now. <laughs> with that, with that name, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Cincinnati Fight Club or, <laughs> or the Aberdeen like Fight Club or something like that. <laughs> So the next week's dino, or sorry, just to finish off that dynamite there, uh, Moxley tells Regal to uh, walk away and never come back, and Regal kind of just slowly walks out of that ring. And after what happens the week after that, I think that might be the case. <laughs> right, right. And I'm wondering if if we get like a Danielson Moxley blow up since Danielson sticking with Regal or something. Yeah, I could see that. I I, it looks like Danielson even might be out for a bit. It looks like like with. Uh, the way they kind of ended it. I, I doubt like you're going to see him like in a major feud right now. It looks like it's uh, kind of leaning towards Moxley and Hangman. Yes, for, yes, yes. Right, for revolution right. or maybe even just for winter is coming. Perhaps. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think it's winter is coming and then you're not going to see Mox for a bit. But that's like next week, isn't it? It's soon. December or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. soon. So whenever winter is coming, then Mox will take his vacation. Okay. That'll be it. Like two months. So then, yeah, exactly. What will happen? It'll be Claudio and you left. Brian yeah. Danielson, so yeah. But they'll probably be on ROH, yes, you know, programming. So Switzerland Fight Club. Yeah, the okay. Switzerland Fight Club. Okay, so just to catch us up to date where we're at with MJF here, he unveils his Burberry title, which looks absolutely awesome. It, it actually, I, I would have went with a spinner myself. But that's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a scarf in the middle that does spins yeah, around. Yeah. I love Shivani on commentary, too. He's like, that's disgusting. That's the most worst title I've ever seen. Yeah. Or whatever. He like he he said some words that I was like, Tony, watch your mouth, sir. Like, <laughs> this is a program. This is a public program. So MJF spits absolute hot fire in this promo, too. Uh, just absolutely captivating the whole time. Really just establishing himself as like the man now in AEW, like at the top of the mountain. And he was saying, you're not going to get to see me wrestle on TV every week. If you want to see me, you're going to have to buy a pay-per-view just to watch me beat your favorites or whatever. Except right? for next week when he fights Ricky Starks. But yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, Roman. Okay, Roman. Yeah, so M- not, it's yeah. not very oozy of him. No. <laughs> well, yeah, M- MJF listed off a bunch of long reigns in wrestling history that he'll surpa- surpass, like Bruno Sammartino's, JBL, which I was like, JBL, but I'm like, I guess he did have a long run. Yeah. Hulk Hogan and Jeff Jarrett. Ha ha. Ain't I great? <laughs> I was nuts. <laughs> slap nuts. Uh, I was hoping he'd mention Roman Reigns. I was really hoping right? that too. I, he did mention uh, Nick Khan though. And Triple H. And Triple H. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he mentioned jolly old Saint Nick and and his old buddy Trips, Trips. <laughs> in the bidding war of 2024. But uh, MJF, uh, he mentions that Regal made a deal with the devil and then he gets knocked the F out with the brass knucks from the back of the head and Regal went down like a sack of shit. Yeah. Or quack. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this... I didn't see this coming so quickly. No, no I like, did not see that. All this heat gets put on William Regal, like at full gear, turning him heel. And then literally one week later, MJF knocks him out, turns heel on the heel as the heel. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, as, the, as the heel turns. But the heel even turns. though Regal was a freshly turned quote unquote heel, it still put a lot of heat on MJF because the reaction that they want, they want to get away from crowds cheering MJF. Yeah. And this actually did get the people to boo him. So I think For it, the it, day. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it worked. It worked in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought it with the whole presentation, I thought was great. New belt, kind of a, a more edgier, meaner attitude to MJF and, uh, this might be the end of William Regal, as there's a lot of speculation that he is WWE bound. Even though Dave, uh, Uncle Meltzer Jones, he mentioned that it's a three years uh, contract for Regal. But then there was WWE people saying to Meltzer that he might have had an out clause if Triple H took over and he wanted After to go back. Year. After the year. Right. So, but this seems okay. like a write-off of Regal. Blackpool Combat Club is done. Yeah. He got knocked out. He's not even with MJF. And that might be... The only thing I'd say that's left undone is Moxley getting revenge on him. That's the kind of the only open-ended thing. Yeah, which could always come back later. You know, <laughs> they'll have to wrap it up at some point. <laughs> Wish they could do it to Sammy. What? You said you said that so matter of fact that yeah. they just look down at the. <laughs> well, I knock him out or write him off. Write him off both. Either it's good. The other big story uh, of the month is the return of the elite. We had those teaser videos that they did with like the, the clocks ticking and like the elites being erased from the history. They even have that new merch where it's like just the E with the A and the W missing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. My way words. <laughs> oh. And that's that music. Matt Jackson actually talked about how they use that in like their backyard wrestling federation growing up as kids, and it was like a song they always wanted to use. Yeah, I thought that was their name, the Wayward Sons, or something. Right, 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 right. And honestly, if I had to choose between the Elite coming out to this or the BTE theme theme song, (laughs) I'll take this. Yeah, yeah. The Elite. The only thing, the only thing I don't like about it, I will say, is now that I've seen them fight Death Triangle six times this month, uh, is that uh, that when they walk down and like, and then they're like in the ring, and then it starts doing like the the slow part, like once I rose above the. <laughs> oh my God, Randy Marsh. Yeah, Randy Marsh. Yeah, when, that's the part that like doesn't make sense in their intro. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Because it's like they they're just walking around. It's just slow guitar riffs, <laughs> <laughs> like whipping their hands. Right? Yeah, <laughs> these guys are such goofy sobs sometimes. Yeah, it fits, but it doesn't fit, and I wouldn't expect anything less from yeah. them. Kind of because the fact that they would come out to the BT theme song before is like the cheesiest <laughs> song ever, too. So they wanted to stress it's only yeah. They wanted to stress it's only their trio intro. The it DLE. is yes, yeah, it's, it's only so the trio. Yeah. I just want to see a Kenny single match again, like ever again. I think we're just going to be getting trios matches forever. <laughs> wow. Wrestle Kingdom, January. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's that's right. going to be that's dope. Right. Will Ospreay and, and Kenny Omega. Did you see the promo video he cut in Japanese where he was kind of like the cleaner again? Top shelf. 
Top shelf. <laughs> Top shelf. Yeah, yeah. Where grandma keeps the peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got the best of seven a series between the elite and death triangle. And you know that saying like too much of a good thing? Like, is this too much of a good thing? Not necessarily. I mean, like, as long as they're not fighting again after this. Or like or like what is it? I call I call it the hammer saga. That's what I call it. Yeah. Because <laughs> like yeah. it's pretty much based on like Death Triangle's gonna break up. That's what it looks like. Well, and, the, and the dynamic in, <laughs> in the matches is so weird too. Phoenix is like, no, no, I don't want to use the hammer. Yeah. Take the hammer. <laughs> All right, I'll use the hammer. And then the next match is like, I already used the hammer once. I don't want to use it again. And yeah. Pac is just take the hammer. <laughs> and then Pac's got or Penta's got one in his pants. And yeah, Brendan Cutler's got, got one in his pants. Yeah, they're, they're all yeah, has one. <laughs> the guy in the corner by the bell's like, oh, you can't. Triple H, <laughs> Triple H used to hit guys with sledgehammers, like gigantic ones, and these guys are all going down to the little bell hammer. <laughs> I don't know, but the matches are kick ass, and that's to be expected, yes. no doubt. One of the more interesting things uh, was the match in Chicago uh, where we had. Uh, a lot of the fans chanting F the Elite. Some of them chanting FCM Punk. You say so. I say what? They were? Who? Oh, they, I know they were. Well, they, they had were. like four people right in the front chanting like F. No, no, Punk. everybody was. Everybody <laughs> yeah. In was, Chicago, yeah. I think it was the week at Full Gear. It was, it was a little Fulgen, more yeah. pronounced at Full Gear. Yeah, yeah. That was weird to see because normally that doesn't really happen yeah. in Chicago. I was very surprised, honestly. Yeah. Well, and then you have before that match, you have Kenny Omega in an interview saying, it's time for the fans to just kind of let this story go. We can't talk about it. You know, I just want to say it's not about us versus anyone else anymore. Like, we just want what's best for pro wrestling. It's time for everyone to move on. And, and then coming bite out. <laughs> and then they go in the ring and they recreate the biting, the, uh. the bite from Ace Steel, the buckshot lariat that yeah. Matt Jackson did to mock CM Punk where he the fell moon, on his the ass. The moonsault with the hands crossed into the... <laughs> no, that's that was just a great move. Uh, wasn't that just an... A move? What was this? I see Punk did. Is that a CM Punk, Punk did it where, he, where, he, yeah. where he was doing the prayer hands? Oh, he I did, even, and he did. Yeah, that was. I didn't even realize that was a Punk thing too. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, the other, and, and Kenny Omega hit the GTS as a tribute to Kenta. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Kenta. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's just funny that like they would, he would, Kenny would say all this to time for the fans to move on, and then throw as much of this crap right back in everyone's face right away. And uh, that, right away, that had everyone thinking: Does this this must mean they're working towards a CM Punk return down the road? But really, I think this is just the elite smelling their own farts out there one last time. Like really? <laughs> yeah. Well, someone's about to get hit with a hammer at one point in time, and then they won't get back up. So, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a pipe bomb! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, with the return of the elite was also the return of BTE. Thank God. So we'll hit up that up later, yeah. right? Please don't talk about that. Yeah. That's all I got. No, no, no. We'll save that for later. Save that for later. And uh, even though uh, Meltzer said that the people in CM Punk's camp weren't too happy about how these kind of matches have gone with the elite guys making all these uh, references and stuff. But I don't know if any of you guys caught CM Punk is already back on commentary in the MMA world. I okay. did see that. And he's making quips about, you know, I'm not a guy you want in your locker room. And he's like showing his fist. He's like, my hand hurts. Oh, God. <laughs> So, you know, if you want to talk about who's throwing the first jabs out there, maybe the elite saw that and they're like, all right, if you want to still like say little digs about it on TV, like your hand hurts because you punch Matt Jackson in the face, yeah. we'll go out on, on Dynamite and make fun of you. So Getting I don't know if petty. it's kind of a, yeah, petty back and forth thing. It's still a little bit, right? Yeah. I would love it if they could turn it into a money angle one day, but I think it's just never going to happen. It's over. It's, yeah, over, it's over, right? It's all done. It's over. Yeah. 
Speaking of the Kenny and a, a Osprey Wrestle Kingdom showdown, there's some uh, some news linking AEW and New Japan. Uh, one thing I'll say is uh, Kota Bushi's uh, deal expires in two months. That's right. That's all right. That would or be January. something very interesting. Exactly. January, yeah. Yeah. So mm, maybe, something to keep an eye on. Maybe Revolution debut. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Shibata wrestled an AEW, taken on Orange Cassidy in an All Atlantic title match. Good that stuff. Was, that was a great match. It was a fantastic match. Yeah, it was really cool to see Shibata. Uh, n- never thought we'd see him wrestle again, but he's had a couple matches now in the last calendar year, I want to say. Not to mention Akayama taking on Eddie Kingston. Yep. And was he, who was he teaming with, Takeshita? Yes. Teaming with? He, t- he teamed with Takeshita before Ortiz. Full Gear. Oh, right, right. And then, yeah, and then uh, Kingston was with Ortiz. And then, ah, okay. and then he got the match to replace, who was out? Someone was out on Zero Hour. And that's Sammy why they, G. Sammy G, that's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, we right. don't. The name that shall not be meant. Science, science, science. <laughs> That's Randy's Voldemort. <laughs> oh, Voldemort. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Takeshita too, he signs a deal with AEW. He's officially yep. all elite. And I don't know if you guys caught uh, old Don Fallis or sorry, Don Callis. <laughs> Don Callis was like uh, scouting Takeshita. <laughs> Your jokes are terrible. Today. You're normally really good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I listened to. Uh, Never mind. I won't say his name. Who won't be mentioned? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, Don Callis was scouting Takeshita matches. Really? So I wonder uh, if there's going to be some sort of long-term storytelling there somehow. That's where the quota could come in, right? That's actually true. It's it's Kenny's guy, right? Matt using the brain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got a couple brain cells left. (laughs) I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm sorry, Matt. But uh, the Ring of Jericho, as we mentioned earlier, this Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool feud, it's gone on forever. I never thought the Jericho Appreciation Society would outlast the Blackpool Combat Club. I kind of thought it would have been the other way around. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, did you guys come across any comments that he made that stood out to you this recently? Are you talking about the MGF thing? No. Okay. Chris Jericho said that he believes he suffered time displacement where he was driving home and there was like a three to four hour window of time that just disappeared from his memory and he thinks he might have been abducted by aliens oh god he's been listening too much of that uh late night with art bell what's that show coast to coast yeah, oh, yeah. Coast to coast. <laughs> i used to come on after the toronto maple leaf games and i'd fall asleep well, he has been going on tour of the other side of the world right a day after dynamite so maybe that's the reason yeah i just i worry about him hearing going stuff like new- that man i worry about him hearing shit like that i yeah. figured it out he went to a new time zone and thought it was like alien deduction right? <laughs> He's like, it was one in the morning and I should have been home by two, but I got home at five and I don't know what happened to the three hours in between. He and didn't like, wind his watch or switch it back to the right time. <laughs> right. Or that was his excuse to tell his wife where he was or something. I don't know. Like, I should have done that. I definitely just wasn't at the strip club. That, I don't know but, what you're talking about. Right. I don't know. Right. But just like Chris, when you say, like, if you actually believe that maybe you're abducted by aliens, I just kind of worry about the guy here and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I hear you. He's had a good month, though, too. I will not say anything. Chris Jericho's him. match with Ishii, he bladed his chest, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Outside, when you seen him outside, maybe you just did by accident when he tried to get it because he's yeah. going to go like this. And you see him try to put it in his pocket after, yeah. too. Yeah. When I first watched, I had to go back and look at that because when it first happened, I'm like, does Ishii have like a long fingernail and like cut him or something like that? Or. But no, he bladed his chest or whatever. It was it made for a great visual. Yeah. And there was like a little Danielson video too backstage, like 
so excited that like Jericho's chest was bleeding from chops. He's like, I've never seen that before or something. But uh, Claudio Castagnoli's getting the match at Final Battle, and he's gonna take the title back from Chris or what? Uh, it depends if they're uh. Because because we still haven't really heard anything about whether ROH is going to be in 2023, like if it's for sure they're going to have its own show, because realistically, that's what you need if you want to give it back to Claudio or or even for somebody else to take it like a Dalton Castle or something like that. Like you would need you can't have Jericho on that show unless you want unless you want to debut him as champion for that show. Right. You know, you know where I think it was going to go with it. I thought it was going to go with uh, Chris Jericho and CM Punk down the road for the, for the ROH. I think Jericho was one. one of the guys that wanted nothing to do with Punk. No, I know, but it would have been good that CM Punk be the last guy that he has to face because he hasn't faced all the champs. I think he's still right. going to keep going. Yeah. Jonathan Gresham makes his return. <laughs> he already did it good. once. Though, yeah, he already did, yeah. Jericho and Gresham? Yeah. They did? No, not no, Jericho no, and Gresham, no. but he fought, he fought Claudio for the belt. Colt Cabana. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, Colt Cabana. <laughs> yeah, Colt Cabana. There was uh, Dalton Castle. What a slap in the face. The Jay Lethal. Like he's, he has a good run with it. So we have to, we're thinking, we have to think of somebody that had the ROH heavyweight title that Jericho hasn't beat, played against yet. And somebody that we're not even thinking of. So. Jake Hager put his hat on the line. I like this hat. <laughs> Yes, perplexed. I thought he was. I thought he was going to put his hat on the line against uh, what you call. <laughs> I forget who. I forget he did fight. They someone did that. They, the, Renee Paquette did the sit down interview with Hager and uh, and uh, 2.0 with Moss right, yeah. Wheeler, and he like pulled another hat out of a box. He had like two purple bucket hats. <laughs> yeah, that's like the most charismatic or over kind of like uh, catchphrase Hager's had in AEW so far. So he is like kind of beating it into the ground already. I don't like know what happened to that guy. Like literally like a year and a half ago, he was fighting Wardlow in a steel cage match and it was like a fantastic match. The guy was like a monster and now he's wearing bucket hats. I don't know what the f- <laughs> he's doing. Easiest We're talking about Hager, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, last couple notes on the Blackpool Comic Club and Jericho stuff. Uh, Brian Danielson, uh, he's, he says that he loves Dark in the Elevation format, and he wants his last match to be in front of, like, 300 people in, like, an indie show or something somewhere. <laughs> good. That's pretty good. That's, that that's good. totally a Brian Danielson thing, right? And let's uh, give a shout-out to Dax again, wrestler, one of the wrestlers of the year to me. Him and that Daniel Bryan match was, uh, Brian Danielson match was great, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dax and, for president, 2023. And as, <laughs> and as much as you don't want to hear this, Randy, i got to give Sammy Guevara a little oh credit. God. His matches with Brian Danielson were pretty good. They I were. liked them. That's, I liked That two them. out of three falls was great. It was Fantastic. good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk about one thing, though? Absolutely. The, the return of the House of Black? That, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that also on your list? Oh, that was next. <laughs> okay. Because... Uh, that that new Julia Hart look where she oh, <laughs> it's so good. Stevie Nicks. Yes, yeah, Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Stevie Nicks. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, what did I call them? They're the House of Black tattoos because everybody's just tat, tatted right up on that group. But they um them coming back, I think, opens up with with Death Triangle looking like they're kind of dropping out. That kind of opened up opens up a spot for them in the trios championship. Well, I think. Speaking of which, on Rampage after the show went off the air last night. Uh, House of Black put Brendan Cutler through a table, and and oh, really? uh, Malachi got in Cutler's face, saying that the buddy, your buddies that you associate with, are part of the big problem here in AEW. So I think this is definitely setting up a future trios title program, probably with the Elite and House of Black. I love and, it, and I am here for it. Best of seven. Let's go. <laughs> there we go again. 
What's what? What are some memorable best of seven series in wrestling history that you can think of? The big one for me was Chris Benoit and Booker T back in WCW. Were there any other ones that really come to mind? <laughs> no, there are. Yeah, yeah. Sammy um, Guevara is Indy Rose. <laughs> uh, no. I feel like WWE had a couple that I just can't think. Oh, of. For and sure. the, and uh, I know for sure NWA had some as well. I think John Cena and Randy Orton had a best of 52, but I don't think it was intended to be that way. They wrestled each other all the time. It just always happened. Yeah. Every, every pay-per-view. Sheamus versus whatever on Raw. No. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember. That's a good question. But, uh, yeah, you anyway. threw me off guard on that. I apologize. Yeah, sorry. No, my bad, too. I only had one example. Anyway. No, <laughs> Jungle Boy defeats Luchasaurus in the steel cage match, opening up full gear. That is correct. And... I thought that was great placement uh, for that match because I'd kind of that feud had kind of gone cold for me a bit. I was really excited about it when Christian first started going out there and just ripping his mom and family <laughs> and all that stuff, and uh, it kind of died a death with Christian's injury and kind of slowed that whole program right down. But I thought it was a pretty badass cage match with a couple Hell in a Cell '97 tribute spots in there. And there was a story in the match. Yeah. Do you guys know who produced that match? Oh, it was Christian Cage. Okay, that's why the story was so good. (laughs) So he produced that whole match. Yeah, no, the the cage match itself started off hot, and it was a good story for that match and a good uh, ending, I guess you can say. Yeah, the elbow off the top of the cage was pretty impressive. Right. As was Jungle Boy Jack Perry, as they're they're even showing on his graphic coming up to the ring now. Yeah. Uh, He he kind of spoke very naturally in the press conference afterwards, too. And uh, he was even asked about, like, now, like, don't you think, like, the Jungle Boy thing maybe might be a little, you might have kind of grown out of it a bit now? That's right. It I am seems Jungle like Man. he's really becoming more Jack Perry as opposed to Jungle Boy moving forward. Call him Jungle Man. Jungle, Jungle Man. Man. <laughs> but I wonder what uh, what do you do with Luchasaurus if uh, he's not involved in a story with jung- a Jungle Boy now? It's kind of a weird character to kind of yeah. have something yeah. different with, but come up with something i guess i don't know him versus hobbs <laughs> and lance archer and and lance archer. <laughs> i'm digging like the promo uh videos that they're doing for hobbs for like he's on the streets and like yeah. the other guys on the street are shooting dice don't mess with that guy man <laughs> yeah the streets of oakland but they they got I big forgot he's from i forgot he's from cali right right i always forget that well, speaking of Hobbs, like he got thrown into the Warjo breakup, like a team that was really just put together just to break up and have a match against each other. Yeah. So Samoa Joe chokes out uh, Hobbs, so that kind of protected Wardlow a little bit there. But two titles on Samoa Joe right now, which I'm for. I'm a big fan of Samoa Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. Right. Joe. <laughs> but that was three guys that I think are uh, really popular and. Uh, important pieces of AEW that were kind of put into that trios match at full gear as well. And uh, I think there's big plans for all three in the new year. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention uh, my favorite wrestler of all time, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Man, what hasn't that guy done in the business? He has done literally everything everywhere. I will say, I will say that match that they had at, uh, at full gear. Jay Lethal and Jarrett against Sting and Darby. Yeah. I mean, it was, Good. The, there was a couple really good spots from Sting. I thought, personally, like, uh, I mean, he he always puts on a good show since he's joined AEW, but I think that whole, like, I don't know, that whole match was just, like, so shoehorned just to keep Darby and Sting on the yeah. on the card. Like, it didn't really, like, the story wasn't there. I don't get really? what the, what's up? No, I, I totally disagree with that. Really? Yeah, I totally disagree. But go ahead, Doug, explain why. I just want to know why. 
No, no, I just, I just felt like, like, well, Jarrett didn't need to be part of it. Like, I get, I get that Jay Lethal and Darby are kind of having their thing, but it also didn't tell any story of how. I thought Jay Lethal was like leaving Sanjay Dutt. That's what it looked like going into it. It was like a TNA oh. reunion. Well, yeah, I think. Well, the Sting and Jarrett is a big thing, right? And yeah. from the past, and then the Lethal and uh, Sting, I guess you could say, sort of from the past as well. I think it's just putting Darby into the mix. Well, Putting Jarrett with Lethal because he's realistically for the last. Like, well, they teamed year up for Ric Flair's last match and before that too, though, right? They've done a lot of stuff together before that, and especially in TNA, Jeff Jarrett was a big Jay Lethal uh, promoter. Ha, ha. G, uh, what great. was that called? Global Global Force Wrestling. That's right. Cody <laughs> Rhodes was the champion. That's right. But Jeff Jarrett had a lot to do with Jay Lethal on that as well. So, yeah. in total, I think that's the connection. And I, I thought it was good. I thought it did tell a story. I think Jarrett. As much as he looks I've never, ripped still, he looks a good. Looks shape. good, and yeah. he did a really good job for yeah. being that age. Like the he, last outlaw. So the him and Sting, <laughs> him, him and Sting in the same ring. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? You think of the age or whatever. I I was way better than the Ric Flair's last match. Oh yeah, but uh, I love Sting shows up to every building and just looks around. It's like, what can I jump off of? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> seriously. Oh, but he had the he did have that combination uh, Scorpion Death Drop and. Well, uh, he hit the scorpion death drop and then the coffin drop on Saddam Singh. That was kind of cool. Yeah. He did botch. Yeah. Uh, they went for the lethal injection into the scorpion death drop and kind yeah. of botched that. That's the yeah. one thing. And and the whole dynamic of the match was a little funny where they brawled outside of the ring using weapons and all this stuff for 20 minutes and then went started having a normal tag match. And then Sting jumped <laughs> like, over Singh. Yeah. <laughs> he jumped over a seven-foot guy. guy was like, what's going on? Did you, did you see leading up to the match, uh, Darby's, when he does his suicide dive and he just bounced off of Satnam Singh like a like, like a, a pillar like a yeah. pebble yeah going <laughs> off a rhino or something yeah, yeah. the um also Soraya and, uh, and Britt Baker mm-hmm. I gotta say I wasn't as impressed with that match as I thought I would be um I mean rightfully so like she hasn't wrestled in five years Soraya yeah. so there's definitely quite a bit of ring rust on her I'm thinking once she gets going and starts wrestling more matches that I'm sure it'll be fine but Britt put it together. So this is the evolution of Britt. You're absolutely right. Um, Britt put that match together for her um, and kept her in the loop because you could see the frustration on her face during the match. So Britt, remember at the beginning when she couldn't cut a promo, she couldn't wrestle, and where she is now, it's almost like the role reversed in that match. And I think she even acknowledges it in an interview or something. She appreciates it. The press conference, Soraya even mentioned that she felt rusty out there. She was a little gassed, and Britt was such a total pro. That's right. And she gave John Moxley a lot of credit. Apparently, Moxley came to Soraya when she came back and said he wants to really help her and like started putting together a lot of her promos and ideas for the story and match together. And so she really credited Moxley which I guess is part of his new role with his new deal too, is kind of mm. like a coaching aspect mm. as well backstage. So I think he had a lot to do with uh, putting that whole story together. Yeah. True. That being said, I do think I do think she has way more matches to come, and I think she's going to have a, a good career in AEW. I think just it was good to get out there and just get the ring rust off. I don't know if you should have debuted her at a pay-per-view like that. Maybe might have been like not the best call, but... What can you do, right? Like, you know well, the mean? dynamic was funny, too, because Britt Baker cut such a great babyface promo before that match, pretty much painting herself as the homegrown star of yeah. AEW. I was here through the pandemic, and you may have wrestled in Madison Square Garden, but I wrestled at Daly's Place. Yeah. And kind of like 
Soraya should have been kind of the big return, the hero babyface welcome after all these years off was kind of painted as the outsider from WWE who's kind of just coming in here now, like even though Britt Baker's the one that kind of laid the foundation. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird dynamic to paint going into that match. And like the crowd reaction, I think kind of showed because there wasn't really a big reaction one way or the other during that match. To be fair, she did that too with Ruby Soho, though. Too. Yeah. <laughs> She's recycling bits now. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, I could say it was definitely like a good month. You know what I mean? For us, it wasn't the AEW's best month. No. What, what I'll think? say is I was very lukewarm to cold on the AEW like product leading into full gear. But I think the what the full gear show and what's happened coming out of it has really reinvigorated it for me. Yeah, no, it has. MJF on top and the elite back. And what I think we should touch on next, Jamie Hayter at the top of the women's division now too, I think is a breath of fresh air. And the story that they're subtly telling where Britt Baker still putting herself out in front of Jamie, even though Jamie's the champion now, that's sowing the seeds for the third time we will tease a breakup of these two. <laughs> but I think eventually that's a match that they get to, right? Where yeah. Jamie's had enough because even on Jamie's first introduction as champ, Britt stepped out front and grabbed the microphone and did all the talking, right? So I think that's a, a natural progression for where to go for an opponent. And I think that'd be a big match. And uh, I'm a big fan of like Hater back on top of, or not back on top, but oh, yeah. on top of the women's division. Absolutely Tony perfect. and to say kudos Tony Storm who I think carried that belt great. Oh yeah, it was unfortunate for her because I felt like she got thrown into like a lot of matches where she wasn't necessarily Tony defending her title as much. Like she was, she was in like a lot of tag matches with Sheeta and stuff like that and stuff. And I think it was just kind of the way the story was being told. It is what it is, but I think I, I, I thought she, I thought she was great. She was out there every single week competing and looking like doing a great job at it. Every, every week she was on TV and doing a really good job. So I thought Tony was excellent. Thunder Rosa officially stripped of that title. Yep. So who knows when we'll see Thunder back, but I imagine she'll be back at some point. And that's a match that I guess you can do where she can come in and say, I need a title match. I never lost, blah, blah, blah. Lights out. (laughs) (laughs) Unsanctioned. Um, Yeah, no, I agree. Right. There, we'll never get to everything that's happened in AEW, but we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on the AEW World Tag Champs, the acclaimed. And I think a great story they've been telling for a couple months now is Swerving Our Glory. The acclaimed, uh, they had the three matches. The yep. first one was Electric at All Out. Yeah. They had the Arthur Ashe Stadium show, and that one was a little meh. Yeah, it wasn't bad. A little meh, but uh, I think the acclaimed really kind of, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but the third one where they did retain their titles was a lot better, and they seem to be really comfortable in their gimmick now. Yeah. Uh, Scissor me Randy ass is over as hell, (laughs) right? And they even did some like interesting storytelling with uh, Swerve Strickland specifically really putting like an evil edge to his character, breaking Billy Gunn's fingers and just being a little more sadistic, even the way he wrestles in matches, kind of like targeting body parts and injuring guys and really seeming to relish in delivering that kind of punishment to people. Great deal. Yeah, right? And Keith Lee wanting to be, you know, more of an honorable competitor, right? Indubitably. (laughs) Indubitably. 
So we're, I guess we're going to get the match between Keith and Swerve now that they've yeah. kind of split up, right? Yeah, Go that's Swerve. what it's looking like. Because Keith yeah. walked out on Swerve in the match, right? Yeah, he walked out and then he caught a fat beating from the Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh there, there he goes. As soon yeah. as he walked out, I was like, well, okay, I guess I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So acclaimed at the top of the mountain, the tag division. Uh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see uh, who if they get if we get the FTR match in the acclaimed. So here's the thing. Gun I mean, Club, we, they well, are, we did they that are, already. They are booking them a little bit more. I doubt they're going to take the belts off of the acclaim that quickly. But I could see that being like kind of in the background mm-hmm. at, at all the time. Because like they did have that tease, right, where they picked up the belts and then they handed them to yeah. the acclaimed. But they look at them for a second, like just like a little like, I'm coming oh, yeah. back for this. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Because yeah. I think that would complete the whole picture on FTR right now. Um, but yeah, like you don't want to cut their reign short either. Right? Sorry, so, I don't well, know how close they're going to do it because FTR is in, at Wrestle Kingdom as well, defending their belts. So I think I presume it would happen after that because there's only that's what, what I would think. I was weeks. trying to think who who are other potential uh, challengers once we get past uh, Swerve and uh, Keith Lee for the acclaimed Gun Club. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. No, yeah. <laughs> Slap Nuts Incorporated. <laughs> you know, a whole bunch you could do, I guess, sort of. Uh, yeah. Butcher and Blade. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Looks like know. it might be Roosh and Ten. Could be <laughs> could yeah. together, yeah. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there is, there is quite a few options out there for them, but I think to really complete the FTR look, they should really be holding those titles. And I think it probably should have been done a while back. It should have been FTR <laughs> Young Bucks 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, whoever you want to believe, that didn't happen, and yeah. who knows why, but maybe one day we'll get it. But, uh, yeah, should we... Uh, that's the month in yeah. AEW. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, where are we? What are we doing here? Yeah. So what do we say we get to Uncle Bobby B? And his hits or shits... Take it away, Bobby. Ha ha. Let's talk about some good guys. Okay. Let's talk about the troops. This is Uncle Bobby B, baby. You're listening to Shits or Hits on AEWTF. Hey guys, it's Uncle Bobby B. I'm back with you here on Shits or Hits with the boys from AEWTF. Thank you uh, guys for having me. Of course, I'll be here as long as you will have me. And what a month it's been for AEW. Full Gear was pretty uh, pretty good pay-per-view. Everybody seemed to be enjoying it. There was a lot of buzz leading up to it, a lot of interesting angles, and, and we've had a lot of the fallout afterwards. So let's dig right into it. And first of all, first and foremost, I want to get to uh, MJF and the departure of William Regal. Uh, as I understand it, he had a uh, contract option uh, to leave should he so desire to potentially go back to WWE. He has exercised that option, uh, so they had to write him off TV, but they planted the seeds well with this whole MJF angle uh, and, this, of course, the sneak attack. They uh, really, the commentary team especially, was was silent as though it was a, a serious moment. They, they talked about his health issues, uh, especially when uh, Danielson prevented uh, John Moxley from uh, from tearing into William Regal. He, he, you know, right on the microphone talking about he's had brain bleeds, he's had titanium discs in his neck. So 
the, the seeds were planted and I thought they executed it very well and, and MJF, what a heel he's been, scathing promos, going directly after uh, the smart marks if you will, he knows his audience he gets it, he understands what he's doing uh, he's just showing himself to be a, a great heel champion right off the start and it's going to be interesting to see some of his title defenses and who's going to be the big uh, potentially baby face that's going to chase the, the heel and, and move on to the next chapter in the world championship picture but that's in the future and right now i am interested to see how mjf is going to do it and uh he's got he's on to a bright start as far as i'm concerned so solidly in the hits column with the whole execution of the angle the victory and uh the post victory execution so we uh speaking of titles Speaking of that world title, we've got we've had a tournament going on, and it came down to the final with absolute Ricky Starks and all ego Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page, of course, allied with Stokely Hathaway, which I, I still don't think Ethan needs anyone talking for him. I don't think he needs the backup, but I understand it's it's the angles. Uh, but just just put a mic in front of Ethan Page and, and watch him go. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, of course, Ricky Starks emerging victorious. Uh, Ricky's going to be uh, facing MJF for the World Heavyweight Championship. I really thought Ethan would be winning that one, but it'll be interesting to see what plans they have in store for him, and it'll be interesting to see, uh, of course, the match between Ricky Starks and MJF. So MJF's first title defense is going to be against Ricky Starks, and uh, I am excited. I want to see this match. Uh, I'll tell you who wasn't excited, and that was uh, the fans in Chicago when the Elite made their way back out following the uh, unspoken 30-day suspension after the incident, of course, we all know what happened. We won't get into it. But uh, booze from the crowd, CM Punk chants, and, uh, the, of course, we've got the Elite, that is the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, going in a uh, best-of-seven trios match with the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I, I think this is a good choice. I think that they can work together well. I can watch all those guys work all day, really. Uh, well, sorry, not the Lucha Brothers. That would be Death Triangle. Of course, Pac is part of that crew as well. And, uh, you know, we did see some couple things during that match. Omega biting Pac. And uh, interesting, Omega used the GTS as well. Of course, Pac had the injured nose. But the GTS, interesting choice of maneuvers to use. So maybe send in a message with that. Interesting. Not going to get into it. Uh, we had uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Chris Jericho. That was solid. I really enjoyed that one. That was a typical Japanese-style hard-hitting match. These two guys beat the hell out of each other. It was great. The commentary team has kind of been up and down for me. I'm not the biggest Excalibur guy. Uh, I really enjoyed Taz, and I and I really enjoy Tony, but it gets a little crowded up there sometimes, especially if they, they're bringing in another a fourth, you know, Don Callis or somebody like that. Uh, but I did pop really, really hard for Taz making an apology to Tony Schiavone for the way he spoke to him, and uh, Tony making a comment, oh, did you have Tony Khan in your ear there? And, and that just was, was pretty funny. Uh, how about the women's division? How about Jamie Hayter, the new champ? Uh, not an interim champ, as Thunder Rosa has relinquished the title. She is officially no longer the champion, which means that the prior reigns were no longer interim reigns. Those have been adjusted. Uh, I think it's a nice change to have Jamie Hayter as the champion. I think it was great to put her over. I, I think she's really talented. Clearly, there's, there's going to be some tension there with the former champ, Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, I expect that Jamie will probably be a traditional transitional champion, excuse me, uh, but 
we'll see where it goes and we'll see what's happening with this women's division I really like the addition of Willow Nightingale she is a big time in the hits column uh, familiar with her work from MLW and the indies and uh, she was one of the first ladies MLW brought in when they started their featherweight division uh, and uh, she really impressed me and speaking of impressed AR Fox, I think, impressed everybody at AEW, all the fans and us. He had a fantastic match with Samoa Joe, uh, earned himself a contract as far as I know, so uh, good to hear that. AR Fox, the commentary team mentioned it, but if you don't know this, a lot of the great wrestlers we're watching today on the indies, these young guys, they were trained by AR Fox. So that was a a really nice thing to see. And I'm going to close off with another one solidly in the hits column. I thought last month that was a little negative, so let's stay positive. Dax Harwood and Brian Danielson had a a banger of a match that was super enjoyable. Uh, I'm, I, I would love to see more of them. I, I, I know they're tag, you know, Dax is a tag team guy, FTR, but hey, that was a that was a great match. And if you want to put put a great match on with someone, Danielson is the guy to do it. And uh, I am gonna flip one negative. Okay, I'm gonna get into it. I'm sorry if I'm running long, but I'm a music guy. I'm a musician, and every time I hear Brian Danielson's theme song. Or Claudio Castagnoli's, for that matter. And I understand they are, one's Flight Ride of the Valkyries and, and one is the Overture, the 1812 Overture. I understand. But I think what they've done to both of those songs is doesn't suit the character. I don't care if it's an uppercut symphony. And, and Daniel Bryan's friend being on the doing the vocals there, the Born for Greatness thing. I, I, I don't know. It, it's me. Is it, is it just me? I think those guys have the two worst theme songs in AEW. And you, you look at somebody like Ricky Starks, it's simple, it fits, it's a banger. Uh, so I don't know, hey, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Let me know how you feel. Slide in my DMs. You can catch me on Instagram. I'm at the real Uncle Bobby B. And a special shout out to the handshaking team, that's THD, for sponsoring my segment today. Really appreciate that, guys. And you can check out the THD Superstore, Mavis and Dundas, for all your collectible needs in the Mississauga flea market. That's it for me this week, guys. This month? Oh, I should go weekly. That's it for me this month. Thanks for joining me. Go back to the guys from AEWTF. I'll catch you next time. Peace out. Thank you, Uncle Bobby B, for your hits or shits this month. Always insightful. Always right on the money. What do you say, guys? Should we get into YouTube theater? Yes. Indubitably. This is YouTube Theatre with Mr. Eric Reed. So welcome to YouTube Theatre this month. Kind of some big news right off the bat I did want to talk about. Uh, obviously, the return of the Elite which means the return of BTE, our favorite show ever. Uh, If nobody knows, we started this podcast originally as a BTE review show. Who in their right mind would dedicate a whole (laughs) podcast to just reviewing BTE? But we did. And thank God we still don't just review BTE because our (laughs) business model would have been ruined for a month. We would have uh, taken an MJF-like hiatus. (laughs) Exactly. But... With them coming back, they had two episodes this month. Uh, really, really good stuff. Like um, their first episode right after uh, Full Gear, and their deb- their debuting match against uh, oh my god against Death Triangle. Why am I already forgetting? We just talked about it. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah, it has been a long day. But um, we're right back into it with you know all your 
all your shots at the airport, everything like that. They're talking da, about. Da, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the Bucks just being genuine EVPs. They showed like a lot of clips of them just talking to different talent and stuff like that. Because uh, they had been back for a while, but they weren't on camera or anything. I think they had been back for like two weeks before Full Gear or something like that, I think. They said, yeah. we, got yeah. to see, we got to see Matt Jackson kind of walk, not walking, but he was there at Gorilla when Colt Cabana came out for his match against Chris Jericho. Correct. <laughs> not to mention, um, they, they have like their, you know, they're just classic BTE bits where they're just walking around a mall and buying stuff. And uh, Nick getting his ears pierced at Claire's. Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> He's got a second ear piercing. Yeah. That was too good. But um. What actually is the best part about BT coming back? No, it's back. not. Don't go there. No, what? The Dark Order's back. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, sorry. I know where Randy's... <laughs> I thought you were going to say it. Randy, yeah, I, know I know where you're going with that, and I'm going to... Well, when we get to it, I'll agree with you. Right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But Dark Order is back. Uh, you had Uno and Reynolds recapping their amazing six weeks that Cutler missed. Silver telling the boys that 10 has left them, which sucks. And yeah. uh, I love how there's like... Um, <laughs> there's just a picture with Uno calling uh, 10 and the picture itself <laughs> is just a pile of Coke. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hold on, I'm calling him. And then he shows his phone. It's just a pile of Coke. Like yeah. that's a picture. Did you notice the very next segment? It's Chuck. Yeah. And then they're filming, but they're filming the dark order doing the call. Yeah. yeah. Guess who's holding the camera? Who? 10. Ten. Is yeah. it actually 10? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. drove 10 oh. right in it. Yeah. yeah. That's the, oh, you're talking about like the PPA and Leva and Trent yes. and all them. Yeah. yeah. It was a little inception yeah. where it's like two bits were happening simultaneously. Right. Yeah. And I had, oh yeah. And they're just what you call it. They're just, uh, they're just showing them like ripping on dark order. Like we don't have a bit, but it's better than what they're doing over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. And, um, I love the, I love the, just the smash cuts of them leaving voicemails for 10. Yeah. It's so funny. Someone's going to get their little asshole spent. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny had me going and like, uh, not to mention since, uh, or yeah, S- uh, Silver also had that, uh, the Happy Gilmore voicemail. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to hurt you. I want to kiss you all over. <laughs> over and yeah. Um, what you call it though? Uh, Sue's book as well. To which the is <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> Sue's book being a major focal point of any Trent bit this yeah, entire yeah, month. I, I had to kind of took me a second to kind of clue in. Wait, wait, it's like Trent's mom actually wrote a book. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they explained that. <laughs> no, I, I didn't realize it until like a minute in. I was like, oh, I'll, this is actually a real thing. Yeah, and of course, their first episode wouldn't be complete without. Cutler cam footage of their match at full gear. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so I love the music they put behind the, uh, the footage of that. It always makes it so dramatic. Yeah. And of course, they leave a little empty spot of music just to hear the fans chanting FCM Punk. Yeah. Yeah. Just had to make sure that was in there. Well, oh, they, oh, good yeah, old they, passive aggressive young bucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, they watch call. They they ended the whole the whole first episode with them pondering backstage about you know what has happened to their company while they're gone. You know where my country gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bucks have a message though at the very end of the video expressing how happy they are to be back and how stressful the suspension has been on them. I would imagine so for guys like who are working like constantly on wrestling and doing stuff like that that. It, you're just told to stay home and you can't do anything like that's yeah it's definitely got to be stressful for sure right yeah it's been an absolute insane like couple months in the aw world right it's like four of the biggest talent the company's ever had really like and more yep yeah and more hr was there 
It's yeah. funny that you've seen everybody that was involved in it finally yeah. back on it. Like, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad they're back. I'm glad they're back. Yes. But uh, uh, they also they also had one more episode this month, and it was pretty good as well. That 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 second episode not as great as like you know not as climactic as the first one. Obviously, it was it was pretty much you know all about their uh, shows in Chicago that just passed. Um, Cole Cabana doing that whatnot auction. I didn't know he I didn't know he does them at the arena. Yeah, no, <laughs> so he, he can just he catch people to sign place. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> whatnot is the next biggest thing, people. So if you don't know what whatnot is, you can definitely go to whatnot and try it out because it works really well. Yeah, the handshaking team on whatnot. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you selling ad space? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it is a great app though. Absolutely. Randy, I know you're gonna hate me for this, but it's the best bit of all time has made its way that. back. Ryan Nemeth and his new segment, Hiking Around with Ryan. <laughs> okay. I've always been a big supporter of Ryan Nemeth. Yeah. And I generally find myself at least smiling or smirking at his stupid little bits he does, but this one just sucked. It sucked. <laughs> Told you. Yeah, this one sucked in my really? opinion. Like I didn't like didn't find it that funny. I, I do like the one line, the go on TikTok and learn to suck your own dicks on there. <laughs> that, was kind of, that was kind of funny. Okay, I'll give you that one. But just the, I'm watching it and kind of waiting for a moment when I might like crack a smile or something. I don't know. It was just him walking down that mountain. And lift your feet. Like, that's how you walk. You're walking yeah. funny. Or, or like him yelling at his girlfriend or whatever. And then she's like, you know what? I'm not filming for you. It's like, why? So you can make like 15,000. He's like, I make more than 10,000 a year. All right. I make more than yeah. Like it was very like, that's like kind of very like a trailer park boys humor where it's like money yeah. means like nothing to them. Like they have no concept. Yeah. 30 bucks. That's a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I always pop for stuff like that because yeah. it reminds me of that. But um, I just think he's had better stuff before. That's all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can see Maybe. It. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole thing, though, that whole episode pretty much ends with uh, Bucks, Cutler, CD, and Knox all sitting in the O'Hare airport eating their Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, yeah, their Thanksgiving breakfast, breakfast their Thanksgiving at like breakfast, 5 in the yeah. morning or whatever it was. Yeah, and they're all so thankful for each other and breakfast. <laughs> I love um, Knox being like, if it wasn't for these Bucks, I wouldn't be in the business. It's like, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> if it wasn't for you guys, I'd be unemployed. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! But it, like, um, I am, I am extremely happy that BTE is back. Uh, to be fair, this the YouTube world when it comes to wrestling, uh, it's all about like niche markets. It seems like uh, I know Sammy G has ended his vlog. It yeah, I watched. Like. I watched the last episode. Yeah. Why do you think he ended the vlog? I know viewership for it is way down co- to compared to its peak. Because it wasn't his vlog anymore. It was just the same Tay show. Yeah. That's it. I didn't even watch. But that is his vlog. It's his life. Yeah, but no, everybody used to be involved. Like Angels, yeah. Garrison. Like everybody used to be involved. Um, is that why viewership went in the toilet? Yes, maybe ten thousand percent. Yeah, yeah so, they still had those guys, maybe, but they were. He was filming. getting like a lot of hate comments and oh, stuff yeah. too, right? So maybe he's like, I don't need this in my life anymore. Well, realistically, what he was turning his channel into was like those um, pre-new age like, shows. Well, like yeah, like the two thousand ten, <laughs> like two thousand eight, like sort of time. There used to be like all these people having like. Uh, 
couples like vlog channels. That's what it was. It was like, well, that's not what your vlog yeah. is supposed to be about. Like it's supposed to be about AW. And it's, it's not what his audience had been grown accustomed to tuning in to it's see. But his yeah. crew, I thought. Like, yeah, that's what me, I thought. This is too. crew. And yeah. what is this crew's take? That's good. And good all those family. and all those guys aren't really wrestling right now with AEW. True. So he's not really seeing them as often. Like like somebody like Fuego. When's the yeah. last time you saw Fuego on TV or Elevation or this and that? I right? saw it's Fuego like, had something on Twitter about like when's the last time anyone saw Fuego TV? and it's like Cody dressed as like yeah. Fuego or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but again, Cody leaving was a big part of that because yeah. he was a major part of that vlog when it was at its peak. Yeah, right? he dipped so. on BTE and went over to the Sammy vlog. Yeah, exactly. I don't know the whole the whole YouTube like like it's about it's about niche markets. Like obviously, Ethan Page has his toy vlog. I know Randy, you're a big proprietor of that. I I don't really watch it as much, but yeah, the last two, well, especially because they're around the area in Mississauga. One was at Toys R Us. And the other one is at Gotham Central, which are Toys R Us. They don't have it in the States anymore, so they're all bewildered and excited. And they yeah, got pictures with <laughs> exactly. Jeffrey. You got Jeffrey to sign their figures and stuff like that. They yeah. got a pop Funko. You know you know the band Corn, how they had the backward R? I'm pretty sure I read that that's where they got the idea from, is the backwards R on a Toys R Us. <laughs> really? And Jeff. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Jeffrey, too, is spelled with the backwards R. But uh, yeah, that and the Gotham Central was good as well. Just because I, when that place opened, I used to go there all the time, and it's a great, great little comic store. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> comic store though. But yeah, Ethan Page's vlog was great. I don't like pushing it over and over each month, but I guess I have. Yeah, to you do. <laughs> Can we talk about one thing sort not related to AEW? Or sure. we say, I I really I really mostly have a lot of points about. Um, AEW adjacent stuff, maybe even TV stuff like Jericho being on the Masked Singer. Yeah, <laughs> that yep. was a, that was wild. Come uh, on and dance with me. The, it's the only time me and my mom interact over wrestling because she said <laughs> Jericho was on the Masked Singer. He's not a very good singer. <laughs> that was the he's text all, I got. <laughs> he's also in that dancing, remember Dancing with the Stars? He didn't yeah. do so well. Either. Oh, yeah. She told me about that one, yeah. too. Trust me. Maybe Jericho <laughs> could wear the purple dinosaur getup and team with Luchasaurus moving forward. Maybe that's yeah. something yeah, they can go. do. Yeah. Also, very, well, very YouTube adjacent, but not AEW adjacent at all. Can we, t- like, uh, I don't know if we need to really talk about it, but it is definitely worth mentioning. Uh, Crown Jewel, that Logan Paul and Roman Reigns match. I will say I I I have to defend it. I thought that was a great match. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. It was good, and yeah. it was good for YouTube. The, you, them using a star, especially in the, in the place where they were, yeah. um, definitely promotes it good. So instead of using a legend, they use a current social media star to make everything good and the story right. It was really good. It was really really good. Like, yeah, way be- better than Bad Bunny. Yeah, and I'm not a Bad Bunny fan, <laughs> but yeah, Logan Paul was good. Definitely. He's the he's the best three match wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah, I'll tell you, you that go. right now. Like as Booker T said about it. Yeah. But um yeah, no, he really put on a good show, like some really good shots from it, like uh him doing that wild, like leaping forearm into the Superman punch or whatever. Like, yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was a great match. I know we don't really talk about WWE here too yeah. much, but, but I did. I watched the Warren Games main event. I, yeah. I enjoyed the ending. The whole thing with Sammy. Yeah, Sammy, Kevin Owens, and Roman has been good stuff. I've I have enjoyed that all a bit. Yeah. But I don't know. There's a podcast out there as well. Um, we were sort of back on AEW, but the the MGF one that we talked about a little. Oh, earlier. pardon my take. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the barstool one. Yeah, that that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So if you want to watch a really good interview, um, it's on YouTube, so you can definitely see it there. Exactly what Eric just said. Yeah, but that's probably one of the the better ones. For AEW this month because MGF is very 
non-candid, I guess you can say, about a lot of things. Yeah. And candid at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they talk about everything, so yeah. go listen to that. To be honest, any podcast that MJF is on, like he did, didn't he do Ariel Hawani show yeah. last month too or something yeah. like that? Yeah, but like, uh, I don't know. He, he does like these press tour things, it seems like, and every time it comes out with like the craziest video and it's so good. Like He, he uh, lives kayfabe. Oh, yeah. He, that's all. He just walks kayfabe, which is the, the perfect 1960s, 70s, yeah. 80s thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So. But I mean, I will, I will say that, um, pardon my take, like that, that was a great, uh, so much, so much so that they even used that. He cut a promo against Moxley right before Full Gear. And they used it on Dynamite just to show, like... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So, Even with the footage of him in the studio and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that was that was definitely a great one. And not to mention MJF's promo at the Full, uh, full Gear Media Scrum, which we kind of talked about a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. Um, earlier in the WTF is going on. But uh, that's definitely worth a watch to watch that entire promo. Even, like, his entire segment, like, is yeah. great. Those he, press conferences have become must-watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, any time... Like, I'm, I'm interested to even see... See, like if they do one after Ring of yeah. Honor, Final Battle, I'll watch that too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, a lot of swearing. He doesn't nonstop swearing and telling people <laughs> where to go. No offense, but it, it was a lot of swearing. Moxley told a fan to f off on Dynamite that one time. That's <laughs> like, right. They yeah. called him a drunk or whatever. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Go home, you're drunk. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Jack Perry like really spoke earnestly at that press conference. His uh, his stuff was pretty fascinating to listen to, and same with Soraya when she mentioned about uh, her match with uh, Britt Baker and stuff. It was cool to see her up there, and T- Tony Khan just loves sitting up there to like three o'clock in the morning and just pr- promoting his stuff and going <laughs> yeah. back and forth with the the quote unquote wrestling media or whatever too. So yeah. it's it's always uh, a good little insight into half of the real people half in character at the same time kind of things so it's i always find it a fascinating watch are we, t- we going to talk about the yeah one last thing we let's can. do it sorry, non, yeah, I, non, sorry i cut you off a little bit i got save the best for last. but uh go watch dangerous breed and uh you're gonna be a little disturbed on watching it. it's called dangerous breed crime cons and cats it's a little story about Teddy Hart. The most important thing, it's about uh, Samantha Fiddle. Everybody should know who she is. She's the girl that went missing when the Me Too movement went out, right? Correct? Yeah. yeah. I always say speaking out, but it's the Me Too movement. It acknowledges, and they're trying to find the whereabouts of Miss Fiddle. So definitely take, it is very disturbing, though, in every single way. Yeah. So uh, watch with caution, but if you haven't watched it by now, you probably heard about it. And if you heard about it and you're questioning yourself, just watch with caution. It's a really, really good show. Well, I can only imagine that there's no um, there's no limit to stories about Teddy Hart. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, there's there the, every every person seems to have a crazy story about him. Right? Well, so. speaking of which, so I haven't seen the 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 documentary or whatever you want to call, classify it as yet, but. Jack Evans was on a show with Rene Dupree and Paul London for a Cafe de Rene live stream, I think they called it. Okay. But Jack Evans talks about early in his career, Teddy Hart convinced him to smuggle marijuana over the border from the U.S. <laughs> into Canada by filling hockey sticks with dope, saying that the Canadian customs agents wouldn't uh, 
think it was a big deal bringing hockey sticks into Canada. Yeah. So Teddy Hart flew into the country and made Jack Evans drive over the border. And uh, luckily for Jack, he made it over okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was just a funny story and kind of just a, a relevant to kind of a little Teddy Hart story here that came out recently. Because I guess Jack had been asked about this uh, documentary as well. So yeah. he shared a little Teddy Hart story that I thought I'd pass along, which yeah, as a Canadian, I found funny. We've seen a lot. Like, I've seen a lot of Teddy, not as much, I guess, as he hasn't really had that much around this area. But I've seen a lot of Teddy Hart when he has been here. We've heard a lot of stories and experienced stories from other people, should we say, in the industry that talks about Teddy Hart. Um, the person's not a good dude, point blank. He's just not a good dude. And it goes right into it. And again, just watch with caution, but it is... A watch that you have to see so but i guess that's is this the end of the yeah the, i i don't really have much this week uh or month sorry it's it's mostly just bt i'm, I'm just mm-hmm. so ecstatic that bt is back and that my favorite actor of all time ryan nemeth is back um <laughs> <laughs> and then when sammy finally joins bte then randy can finally die in peace <laughs> Yeah, on that note, coming up, I would normally have an interview, but I was when we were talking to Ricky, I guess on the table, we got some uh, people reach out and say, who's this Ricky, and um, can we know more about Ricky, so on and so forth. So I actually sat down and talked to Ricky. I said, hey, can you do me a favor? Do me a show just talking about like a month, right? A month yeah. in your life, my, myself and uh, my friend. And he was like, yeah, okay, I'll try that. I promise. So he sits down here in the next like 20, 25 minutes that you're going to listen to. And he talks about a month of being a wrestler, being Santa during the Christmas season. Santa? <laughs> running an event in other wrestles, wrestlers and uh, regions, I guess, that uh, he, he wrestled in during that month. It's highly entertaining. So I hope you all enjoy this. I guess it's uh, the pretty Ricky famous internet show he wanted to call it oh that's pretty cool yeah no interview this month interviews will come back next month and we'll have a whole bunch of hopefully new news next month as well um with the interviews and uh maybe a little visualization maybe in the next couple of months but uh yeah this is pretty ricky famous internet radio show It's Ricky Wildey's famous internet show. Morning, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I was asked to record this uh, probably uh, two weeks ago now by Brady, and I, uh, I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Uh, but ultimately, I have almost no goddamn time because this is my uh, this is my Santa season, as it were, where I, I run around with uh, with multiple jobs up to at least four. Uh, so trying to throw a podcast in there while we're at it is, is a little hard. Now I'm going to apologize for a couple of things right off the top because mostly it's my personality. Uh, number one, if there's any kind of pips, cricks, or creaks within the audio equipment i don't know i'm still figuring this out uh but also trying to be uh, a more uh normalized version of myself not uh, a radio broadcaster very odd uh talking into a microphone and trying to be a natural human being so trying to uh, accomplish those two things at once are a major goal of mine but I figured ultimately uh, to get this thing started, we should just go through why it's taken me so long to actually record this thing. Uh, you know, uh, two weeks is a long time to make a request and still not have any output. So uh, here's been my last two weeks. Starting uh, Saturday, November 12th, I was in 
Barry Rasslin that day. So I work a full-time job. Uh, I work for Tesla. So I, I work there Monday to Friday. Saturday I have off, and I can go to Barry. You know, thankfully we're not into the Santa season just yet. Uh, things haven't totally picked up, so I'm just going to Barry. Me and Puff have been tag-teaming there for about a year. This time, this show, we had a match. Uh, instead of going up against, you know, just random people that they've been able to kind of throw together on the roster. Now we're actually going up against two top guys in Ontario, Von Vertigo, Gabriel Fuerza, two of the best guys on the Ontario scene, uh, and having me and Puff go up against them. We have an actual moment here. Unfortunately, chicanery occurs, uh, not due to ourselves this time, and uh, we go down. We lose pretty quickly, admittedly. Uh, so we have a real moment of questioning whether or not we want to continue being a tag team and uh, you know, get 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 that reaction from the audience of uh, of genuine emotional investment. It's uh, it's it's very gratifying uh, to know that you know we've been doing this for a year, so at least we have uh, a connection made uh, and something that's been built uh, of some substance, uh, as opposed to just kind of the next thing. And I think if we weren't there uh, to build upon what we've already created, uh, there would be a, a lot of letdown and upset. So it's exciting that we've been able to accomplish that much and still not sure exactly where it goes anyways on to the 13th i'm wrestling in oshawa for eclipse and good god do i hate this place here's the problem i'm a, I'm a big old baby face there um i'm a good guy in in oshawa for eclipse but i i hate the city and i'm not kidding i sit in the back and it's like i would not i would not drink the coffee from tim hortons in oshawa because i don't trust the water uh it, it's just a disgusting despicable place i really don't like that place uh and i i I started having an, uh, a thought in my own head of how can someone perform for an audience where they uh, they resent that audience? How can that possibly be the best performance, the best side of yourself? So I don't know. I, I started going down a bit of a rabbit hole uh, in terms of the relationship between a performer and the audience uh, and their audience and just and what that entails. Anyways, uh, ended up wrestling Rob Rage there. And I'll be honest, I hope this doesn't upset anyone, but I got told by multiple people on the Ontario scene uh, of like, hey, good luck wrestling Rage, making comments like that. We had a great time. Neither of us got hurt. The audience had a blast. Uh, I, I'm pretty happy with that one. I, I would put a real badge of uh, badge of accomplishment on that match with Rage. So we had a great time. Going in to that week then, I'm trying to put things together because I got a big plan. Uh, the, the city of Brantford is looking for floats for the Santa Claus parade because we've been down for the last two years. So I'm trying to, to make contact with the city. Nobody from the city is contacting me. We ended up having multiple uh, phone calls and different emails where people were kind of giving me the runaround. You know, and it's the same thing uh, as, as anything else. A lot of people will say that they're going to be there, will put their name on it. When it comes bell time, things get a little more complicated. So uh, I'm working full-time at Tesla all through that week, Monday to Friday, still trying to figure those things out, trying to figure out contacts with the cities to be able to put on uh, this parade float, see if we're able to do it. They're looking for insurance. They're looking for different licenses. And again, we got drivers and trucks pulling out, putting in, coming out, uh, different styles and venues, all that sort of stuff. We get eventually to Friday, November 18th, take the whole day off work so that I can drive to Ottawa, drive down with Kyle Boone and Shiloh. Big fan of those guys. They're fun to hang out with. Anyways, uh, go down to Ottawa. Me, Eddie, we're supposed to be tagging with Puff, only he gets snowed in by six feet of snow. Of course, why wouldn't he? Uh, 
So it ends up being Myung Jae Lee, myself, uh, and Eddie. We have a big old six-man wrestling match. We're going up against Holden Albright, Kobe Durst, and Sway Archer in front of C4 audience, which is just... Oh, God, there's something so special about it, you know? I haven't spent a lot of time hanging out in Ottawa. I don't know what kind of a party city it is. I really don't. But I know that at C4, they go for a good time. There's a couple hundred people. They're wall-to-wall, and they're there to have a blast. So uh, always just so much fun to be there, so much fun to, to interact with those people. Uh, and, they're, and they're there to have a good time, which, which is so, so very exciting. So we had a, a great six-man tag, real fun stuff. Ended up driving home Kevin Blackwood. So it was uh, Blackwood. Boone, Shiloh, and myself in the car ride home, Ottawa to Toronto, which, you know, a little bit. We ended up getting home at like 3 in the morning, something like that. Uh, no, what am I saying? Like 6 in the morning. It was, uh, yeah, it, it was a long night. Maybe it was 3. You know what? It, it's been weeks since then. I don't really know. I can't give you an honest answer. So uh, something like that. Anyways, on to Saturday, we have my first day of Santa. So uh, for Santa, I was uh, at Eastgate Square, I believe is the name of the mall. Anyways, CHCH was uh, there to videotape the parade. They put that on television. Uh, I got interviewed by the host, got rave reviews from everyone as a Santa because I'm goddamn good at my job. Yeah. Uh and it was uh, it was a, it was a smashing success by all accounts. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put that clip in there. I do have the the audio visual of uh, of my my clip on CHCH. It's about three minutes long, so maybe I'll splash that in there. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see how much editing gets done here. Anywho, uh, moving on to Sunday. Sunday back at the mall, and then as soon as uh, that was done, that was eleven to five. So uh, as soon as that was done, head back. Picked up my producer. We went to the Gift of Lights in Kitchener, which I expected, honestly, to be pretty lame, not be any fun. Uh, it was way more exciting than I expected. Uh, they do a hell of a job there. And I wouldn't say that I'm a guy who's like likes Christmas lights, you know, but there is a real reality that as we're driving around and they have a special radio station that you put on as you're going through looking at all these different Christmas lights, there was a real scent in my head of like uh, I started putting together what are my favorite Christmas songs. What are my favorite Christmas songs to put together? And and I did come up with that list. It's uh, number one, ring ding jingling, a ring ding dingling, do a one lovely time you. That one, whatever you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's a the Hawaiian Christmas song. is a thing to say. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Uh, and then, run, run, Rudolph, then I'm gonna make it to town. Run, Rudolph, Randolph ain't too far behind. Uh, so those are my three top Christmas songs. I don't know the name of it. Not a music guy. Anywho, as I'm putting together that list and I'm driving around the Gift of Lights and I'm looking at these Christmas lights, I realize I am kind of just an old man at this point because this is not something that a young person does. But that got me thinking about a podcast I was listening to with Danny Brown. And Danny Brown was talking about 30, which I was listening to pretty intensely when I was like 21, something like that. Uh, anyways, he was talking about how the whole concept of the album is that he's, you know, this old man in rap, which is very much a young man's game. And I started liking that idea more and more. And the idea of having like a bald spot and turning it into the Danny DeVito of the Ontario wrestling scene. I, I've talked about it for quite a long time. And there is a sense of uh, just, you know, a self-fulfilling process prophecy bringing that uh, upon itself and i don't hate it you know i, I kind of like being the old guy on the scene it's uh, it's crazy how quick that happens anyways on to 
you know, Monday, November 21st. Now we're getting into the real depths of the Santa season because now I'm doing half days. Uh, Tesla was, you know, more than accommodating and giving me half days. So I only work half days and then I take off so that I can go to the mall and I can get this thing done. So, uh, Monday, November 21st, the first real day of Santa season, even though I've done the first two over the weekend, the parade and Sunday. But now, uh, Monday, I'm doing half day at work, heading off to the Santa season. Things are getting busier. Got to get things done. Tuesday, November 22nd, I'm already taking a day off work. I got a Megan Boys show. Megan Boys run things intensely uh, on, for wrestling shows in Ontario. So they got Rikishi on there. They got John Morrison on there. The Boros Twins were there. Chris Masters was there. It's uh, it's unbelievable the kind of show they're putting on, the kind of names that they're bringing in. It was incredible. Anyways, by the, by a sheer stroke of luck, uh, I genuinely didn't know what I was going in. They told me that they were trying to find a Kanye West impersonator uh, in the midst of all of Kanye's, uh, you know, scandals and controversies, and they ex- almost exclusively serve a wrestling community and the Jewish community. This is what the Megan Boyds do. They're huge for bar mitzvahs, so they're putting on shows for the Jewish communities. They got a Kanye West impersonator. I'm really thinking, like, what have I signed myself up for? Anyways, within a couple minutes of being at the venue, things change dramatically, and all of a sudden, I end up in a six-man tag match against the Voros Twins and John Morrison. Uh, so it was uh, it was quite a night. I did not get hit with Starship Pain. I counted it. I actually did my own version of Starship Pain. Uh, some sweet moves. It was incredible. Uh, so, you know, in front of a couple hundred people, I was wrestling uh, John Morrison. Not how I expected the night to go, but had a great time. And most importantly, I got to see Bradley Boo. I saw Bradford Montague, uh, who I'm a, a big, big fan of, big beefy boy Bradley. Uh, he'll his name's gonna keep coming up because I, I just like seeing the guy. It's always a good day whenever I get to see him. We ended up tagging together, me, him, and Buckles Gunderson. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know Chuck Flunderson? No, but I know a Buck Gunderson. Anyways, uh, the three of us. First time the three of us have ever teamed together. We've driven around a lot, uh, and it's been a long time since we've got to hang out, really. But, uh, yeah, it was great seeing those guys again, and we've got to be a six-man tag situation. It was uh, it was quite an interesting Tuesday, admittedly. Wednesday, back on to the regular things, you know, just uh, doing half days at Tesla, going off, working at uh, the mall, Santa Clausing as much as I can, trying to put together this parade still, you know, trying to figure out the loose ends. Because at this point, I'm thinking, I want to get some shirts made. You know, I, I want to get a float, and I want to get some shirts made. So I got uh, I got Outlaw Scott Chase. Outlaw Scott Chase, Brantford wrestling legend. He signed up, and I've, I've got a truck. I've got a truck and a trailer. Then I need to get these T-shirts. So I got friends, family, all coming out of the woodwork so that I can get a cricket machine. So now I'm learning how to use a cricket machine so that I can make T-shirts. Thursday, November 24th, uh, I got a meeting in the morning while I'm at Tesla, and then I'm moving back to the mall. I'm coming home so that I can work out these t-shirts finally uh, and try to get everything cleaned up. I am failing one sheet of vinyl at a time. I'm losing so much money. My truck and trailer drop out. This is on Thursday. The parade is on Saturday, so I am running out of time very, very quickly. I move on. Life goes on here. Uh, I get myself to... Friday, November 25th, now I'm doing a half day at Tesla, I'm moving on, I'm doing six hours as Santa at Eastgate, then I go and I'm wrestling in Superkick, downtown Toronto, I have a brawn panties match against Anna, we have a classic five-star, tear it down, 
In this time, I find out that Outlaw Scott Chase has got access to a truck. We are still a go. We are doing this parade. I come home Saturday, November 26th. I have no work to do except making these t-shirts. So I learn how to use a cricket machine, how to use an iron-on press. I come up with five, six Brantford wrestling shirts. They look amazing. Then I take all this stuff down to the parade route. I'm blocked out of the city or out of the limits of the parade because obviously it's uh, it's, it's a parade route. I can't get my car in there because I'm not taking my car, which was plan B. So I'm now just running with bundles and bundles and armfuls of crap so that I can get to this lot where we're supposed to start. I can't find the truck, so i got to run back outside of the limits to try to flag down the truck. I run. I find Outlaw Scott Chase next to the guy who's driving the truck, next to this beautiful truck. I shake his hand. He says, hi, my name's Scott. God, I've been involved with every Brantford Santa Claus parade since 1989. This was the first year that I wasn't going to. Thank you for having me. We have hit the gold mine. So he drives us all to where my pile of crap is. We start putting up hockey sticks and making it look like a wrestling ring. We have blue, white, red strings of light, Stratton 3. Actually starts coming together, and it looks exactly how I envision it. It works. We got Brantford wrestling banners hanging over the side. Outlaw Scott Chase is in the back. I'm standing there, Brantford wrestling heavyweight champion. Title thrown over my shoulder in a purple suit. We're having a blast. We start driving. Outlaw's daughter's throwing handfuls of candy cane out the wall, out the window. My apologies. We got Santa Claus up on his sleigh. He's waving to us. He says hi to Brantford Wrestling. Says the name drop. Didn't get it recorded. That's a bit of a heartbreaker. Life goes on. Did get a snapshot of me, Outlaw, and Santa Claus. The entire time that we're walking, just saying hello to all of Brantford. Merry Christmas. Brantford looked beautiful. 60,000 people checking out Brantford Wrestling. I couldn't help but hear over and over again, Brantford has wrestling? Brantford has wrestling? And it's like, absolutely, we are going to be making a splash here. So that was Saturday. On to Sunday. Today is the day we get into. I had a Santa Claus private event this morning, 10.30 to 11.30. Tore that up. Had a great time came home and started working on creative endeavors, including doing this podcast. So it's been a hell of a week and a half trying to get all these things together, moving forward, trying to get a venue together, trying uh, to, to make a little bit of momentum past that parade. This is all coming on the heels of the Brendone Arthur Caulfield Memorial Show, which, you know, I, I had to go on every podcast in the land to try and get that accomplished. And it's it's really funny to me, I don't know, just in the sense that uh, when I, I originally did a death match during the pandemic um, as a cinematic match, and the way to, to hype that up, I said I was going to have a fist fight with Rex Atkins, now retired, um, on, uh, on his front lawn. So the way I hyped it was I went on every podcast in in southern Ontario and the fun thing was everybody had a podcast at that time so I made like 12-15 different podcast appearances and I really got the word out here's the problem with all of that uh, is that uh, after the pandemic much like myself everybody quit their podcast because it wasn't any fun anymore we had more things to do we could go outside again so when I was trying to hype up the Brendone show the first thing I did was like okay I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on every podcast it's hard to even figure out, figure out who has a podcast who doesn't at this point I'm talking to people in Ohio. I didn't realize until I was like halfway through the interview that these people are so far away from Mississauga. There is no sense in hyping it up to their fan base, to their audience. There's no chance these people are going to come down there. I was really genuinely nervous. We did end up with a hell of a crowd uh, for the Arthur Caulfield Memorial Show. I was very proud, very happy about that because 
Again, what do I know about promoting in Mississauga? Absolutely nothing. I got no clue. I got no concept of it. But we were able to pull it together. I was putting up posters in like the local Starbucks and making rounds like that. And I hate the idea of putting up posters. But honest to God, it has to be done. I had a woman. She bought a seven-pack of tickets online. I woke up one morning. Someone bought seven tickets. I was losing my mind. Like I can't believe it. Thank God, right? Uh, I talked to her when she shows up at the venue. And she says, uh, yeah, I never knew that Mississauga had wrestling. And it's like, it's so funny that this is, you know, we're in battle arts. It's been there for almost a decade. It's, it's a literal mecca of professional wrestling in Ontario. It's a, it's a cultural hub. And, uh, and these people have no idea that there's wrestling in Mississauga, the, the, uh, the entire city of it. So, uh, you know, trying to get those words out, trying to help promote in a different way maybe uh, and get those word out. But it, it does seem like the scene is just, uh, it's very healthy right now. And, uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's more fun. I've I've been told that I'm very good at organizing. It is actually one of my skills. So the idea that I'm able to to accomplish that and kind of put things together, it's great. Uh, the real reality of it is, though, uh, you know, I put together a show, uh, the Arthur Caulfield Memorial Show, was maybe the easiest show in the world to put together because everyone's donating so much of their time. You know what I mean? Excuse me. So it's it's not exactly the same. You know, if they were. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If they were charging me, if I was trying to balance a budget, there's so many different things that would have made that so much more complicated. But everyone was so accommodating that it was really easy to put together. Everyone uh, was just uh, was very good at what they did. Um, so the show came off uh, as very high quality, I felt at least. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just nice that uh, we put names out there. You know what I mean? We put uh, names on the line, reputations. And the fact that we didn't get that turn back, we just fallen flat on our face is a, is a very good feeling. Um, because I think it would have been very easy, uh, for the, you know, God, even if we drew like 50 people, it would have been nice, but I don't know. It would have looked so sparse on the, on the camera, in the crowd. You would have felt like there was less than 50 people. It felt like a big deal in the moment. It felt like there were some big emotions. It felt like there were some big moments. Things were happening, which God, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about the whole card. I'm not gonna give you a review of the show. Honestly, I didn't watch much of it. I was, you know, kind of running around. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a chicken with his head cut off as it is. So, um, what I, what I will say is uh, the highlight for me, obviously, is what everyone's highlight was. It was Rex and Eric getting, uh, getting waxed in the ring. So amazingly. Shane Saber came up to me during the show, and I'm sorry if this uh, if this Barry Saber, but uh, he came up to me with the idea we should wax both of them, and I kind of just left that up to them because it's their it's their prank show, Knuckleheads, uh, you know, and they can do whatever they want. But also, I can only see it going uh, well, uh, except for you know an actual fist fight, which is so unlikely in front of the crowd. The only negative I would say is that I think it took away from the intermission, uh, which you know is a shame, but. God, the actual spectacle of those guys getting waxed. They were both such good sports about it. Eric ended up getting duct taped to the chair so that they get him waxed. Uh, Rex did his nipple, shaved his beard. He quit wrestling after, apparently. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I entirely believe that. Still, still, I don't know if I entirely believe that. But I mean, he hasn't wrestled since, so maybe that really is the last, uh, the last time Rex will wrestle. I hope to God it's not. I really do. Because uh, he's a good guy, he's a good wrestler, and I, I like seeing him around on the scene. Um, you know, if he's not happy doing it, don't do it anymore. I get that. But it's also like, come on, man, don't tell me that your last match is getting your nipple waxed inside of my show. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, god dang, preposterous. I really hope that doesn't happen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, maybe he's just, he had to shave his beard for work. 
So, which I don't really understand, but that's something that he said. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe he uh, he had to do that, and he figured he'd take a little break. So this is just how he's doing that until he makes his comeback. And I really, I really hope he does make that comeback. Uh, the only other thing I really talk about from that show is uh, main event: Brandon Caulfield holding Albright up against Greed. And uh, you know what I'm nervous about in this situation is that I know that this is an Albright Memorial show, but he's going to lose. So how is the audience? who's there very much just to support Albright, going to respond to him losing uh, to John Greed. So, uh, you know, I, I was a little nervous about that, but it was a big-time, heavy-hitting impact main event match, so I was very happy about that. The fans were big-time drawn into that. A little bit of letdown when he didn't win, obviously. But once that was over, the uh, the promos started. They started speaking. Albright didn't speak very much, but Greed really was able to command that crowd, was able to get those emotions high uh, and hit all the big points that we were looking for, uh, send the entire crowd and hope happy. So, uh, man, it was just, uh, yeah, the only thing I really posted on Instagram after uh, after it was all said and done was that expectations were smashed. And, you know, that was mostly just my own, uh, my own expectations. Um, and it, it really was. We went so far above and beyond what I had expected, what I had anticipated. And uh, the fact that it was not at all uh, a mistake or uh, a, a failure is is very exciting. The only thing that was really uh, kind of a standout situation for us was that we bought a tremendous amount of Twizzlers and uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and No Henry. So uh, we were left over with some of those, and I am trying not to eat them, but I am uh, finding myself getting fatter by the day. So that's a constant struggle that we're working with uh, and trying to deal with and trying to get over. Ultimately, though... Uh, that was November 5th. Today is November 27th. It's been 22 days. That feels like four years ago. Uh, and it's it's just crazy how quickly time goes. Uh, I'm noticing that more and more. You know, my uh, my whole family feels like everyone's getting older. Everyone's experiencing things differently now. It's, uh, it's crazy. I'm almost in tears at this point. <laughs> like, um, oh, what was I going to say? Beard. Uh, Beard, Brandon Tidwell. He... Uh, he asked me to be a groomsman for his wedding. I'm so excited about that. Uh, he called me the other day, and we were kind of just talking as I was driving from one job to the next. And, uh, you know, I was explaining to him, it's the craziest thing. I'll talk to these, like, three- or four-year-old kids at Santa, and something about talking to them, and I'll ask them if they've been good this year, and they say, yeah, they have. And I'm like, I'm ready to start weeping because it's like, yeah, I know, kid. I know you've been good. I know you've done nothing wrong because you're, like, three or four years old. You can barely talk. Uh, and I, I don't know why that's making me so emotional, but it's just things get more intense as I get older. It's like, uh, you know, it, I, I say it all the time at this point. It's almost cliche, but it's like I, I understand less as I get older. Now I'm just getting more emotional. It's it's a crazy, crazy experience uh, to get older, to get past that. Anyways, as a little bit more of a pop culture, going into some things that I've watched recently, I've had almost no time to check things out. That Danny Brown interview was pretty sweet. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, which I stay up on pretty pretty consistently. Mostly just bull crap and nonsense, so nothing of any kind of merit. Uh, but uh, the one thing that I did get to watch recently was the Hellraiser series. And I only watched the first five of them because, god damn, I think there's 15 of them and I just do not have the time for that. So I powered through first five, the Hellraisers, and the only ones I like were one, three, and five. Now, here's the problem with me saying a statement like that is I have not looked up online what the popular opinion and what, uh, you know, the, the cool kids think are cool, and I have no energy or time to do that. So 
I may have outed myself as a bit of a moron, which, hey, I absolutely am. I don't really have good taste in music and movies, but I do enjoy what I enjoy. So Hellraiser 1 was a lot of fun, if not goofy, super sexy. Uh, horror movie, but super sexy. Uh, number 2 was... I don't know, just kind of long, convoluted. Maybe I just watched it when I was tired and I didn't give it enough of a chance, but I did not care for it. Number three was like 90s and fun, wackiness, and uh, again, kind of, you know, pretty spooky. Non, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Four, I think they were in space, and it was just, what in the fuck? It felt like Jason X in a, in a very serious way, so I don't know what that was about. Didn't care for that very much. Uh, and then number five really felt like a fight club ripoff uh felt like it, it must have been made just like a year or two after i think it was actually made in 2001 if i recall correctly um it's like it very much feels like that they were just uh yeah it, it was almost a copy and paste and i i've said this to a bunch of people but man it feels so true it's like uh the ending is almost so beautiful you know, the guy rips the mask off and it's his, it's himself and he's looking at himself and he's all chained up and, he's, you know, his face rips apart. You are in hell. It was incredible. And I'm standing there with my hands on my head going, oh, my God, oh, my God, fade to black, fade to black, fade to black. This is beautiful. And it does. It does start to fade to black. And I'm just like, I'm praying that they're going to hit the credits, but they don't go to credits. It ends up being some kind of a dream sequence. And then they do another thing where he sees his kid, but it's not really his kid. And then, he, you know, he wakes up from that, and it's kind of a dream sequence. But also he was, like, in a coma or something. And then, you know, a couple more of those just twists and turns that mean absolutely nothing. And nothing is accomplished. And then they hit the credits. And it was just, oh, oh, my God. Even though I liked the movie, after two hours to, to give me that, for that to be the, the ultimate ending of this thing, where... Uh, just meandering into mediocrity for no reason. It was it was tremendously disappointing. And finally, late breaking news uh, from the world at large as we are. So, Elon Musk has bought Twitter and is changing the rules. is is about as concise as I can make it. And I have spoken to my parents and my grandparents about this situation, and they're all very upset. One way or the other, they're all very upset about it. And I asked them, do you guys go on Twitter? And the answer is no. None of them go on Twitter. And I asked them, are you guys, like, really concerned about Elon Musk and Tesla and, you know, Cybernex or Neuralink or whatever the hell he's doing? And they say, no, not really, not at all. And it's, okay, why does anyone care about this? And I'm sorry just to be, a, like, a negative guy in the situation, but my God, this is such a boring story. Even if it's all, you know, very important, and there's a lot of uh, very uh, big decisions and ramifications from all the things that are going to happen, God, I do not care. I could not tell you how unbelievably boring that whole story just is to me. Like, Guys, we just lived through two to three of the wackiest years that have ever happened. Certainly in my lifetime, but I have to assume in, in maybe all time. To have, uh, you know, the media, social media as intense as it was uh, and being, you know, the the horrible story that was being told there. The, uh, you know, the, the serious negativity and restrictions that we were all feeling for the last three years. And now... 
Elon Musk bought Twitter. It's like, this is what we're supposed to care about now? I don't know. This uh, this does not do it for me. This, this has no exciting value, no merit. Uh, I wish them well. I hope that all goes uh, swimmingly. But it kind of feels like... Yeah, I never had a MySpace, and then I had a Facebook, and that was really important, and Twitter was kind of a joke, and now Twitter's more important, and Instagram's more important, and Facebook's less uh, less of a thing, and no one really cares about it, and if I'm being honest, even saying, you know, Instagram is important kind of makes me look old, where it's like, I, I think everyone's kind of on to Snapchat or beyond that into TikTok, uh, and I'm not even sure if I'm ever going to make those jumps to be able to do those things to stay current in, in that realm, so... Uh, I, I don't know. It, it it all seems like one thing will get replaced by the next. None of this is a tremendously big deal. Uh, I, I do support free speech, um, but ultimately this story just seems boring as hell. It seems like much more important things have they have to be going on. Much more important things have to be going on. I can't, like I, I hate to be one of those guys who goes back to it, but it's we got any update on Epstein? Anyone figure out what happened there? What's going on? Uh, no, we're just kind of like moving on. I did see a clip of Hillary Clinton is was doing a podcast with John Stewart, and it's just like, wow, both those people's careers have fallen off. <laughs> I mean, Hillary Clinton was going to be the president, and now she's doing a podcast. And John Stewart was the hip, cool guy in comedy, and now he's doing a podcast with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it was like really contentious, and he grilled her. I didn't see it. I, I really didn't look into it. But man, that does uh, that does seem boring. And again, bring up Epstein. See what she says. I don't know. Let's let's talk about a body count. I just. I don't know. Let's get salacious. If uh, if Rome's gonna fall, let's let's have some flames. You know what I mean? Let's let's have some fun with it. Ah, uh, at the very least, I can understand why they do not put me in charge of the uh, the current situation. Not that I'd pay attention, even if they did. Uh, I don't know if they could pay me enough, and I can't understand why anyone wants that job. But all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you for listening to this, and thank you for being a part of Ricky Wildey's famous internet show. All right, everybody. Thank you, Ricky. That was absolutely incredible. Thank you for telling us. Santa Claus, it's a hard job. Absolute Ricky. What's his last the name? Wildy. 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 Absolutely. I always say Wildy. I didn't know that. It's double L. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> My it's bad. <laughs> the Pretty Ricky Wildy Show, uh, famous internet show, being a Santa Claus, doing that memorial show, um, a lot of interesting stuff there. And he works at Tesla. Works at Tesla. He works at during, Tesla during the day. That's wild. Yeah, it's amazing, eh? <laughs> That's wildy. That's wild. <laughs> wildy. Wildy. <laughs> wildy. <laughs> All right, I guess we should get into our thank yous. Should we? I guess we should start saying thank you. Everyone, do Eric, do you want to start? Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you want to, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Dark Side of the E. Instagram at Dark Side of the Elite. Uh, Check us out pretty much anywhere we're Dark Side of the Elite. Uh, we got a real monopoly on that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll post new updates uh, for shows on, on all those and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, you can also catch us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dark Side of the Elite. Uh, we will be going live right now, pretty much right after this. But uh, 
I guess nobody will know that because the episode will come out later. But uh, uh, definitely, definitely go give us a follow over there, and we'll, uh, we'll be posting more stuff over there recently. And uh, not to mention, give me a follow on Twitch at twitch.tv slash erke90, where you'll probably catch these guys with me as well, playing video games, uh, maybe doing card games. You never know, right? I got a couple ideas for the future, so we'll see what uh, the future holds for that. But uh, I don't know. Matt, you got any thank yous? Ah, I want to thank you guys. Always have a blast doing this show. I want to thank all the listeners that tune in. We really appreciate you. And thanks to the SNME crew and all you guys as well. I uh, love working with you guys and being on the network here. And uh, follow me on Twitter if you'd like to, at MRoberts85. And we'll see y'all next month. Ha ha. Ain't I great? <laughs> I did want to say, too, thanks again to uh, the guys from THT, Brady and Matt, and uh, also Uncle Bobby B for having me uh, stream with them earlier this week. Uh, you can check him out on my on my uh, Twitch TV channel. Um, we were playing Black Ops Zombies, and there's some great clips from that <laughs> that I posted all over social media, but also not to mention uh, just just some just a fun time. You know what I mean? So thanks again, guys. Yeah, and you can catch them at thehandshakingteam.com. They even got uh, uh, items up for sale there as well that you can see. They have auctions uh, mostly weekly that they do as well. They got a whole bunch of new news coming out as well soon. Um, just an amazing group of people. They got us back into the wrestling uh, world, as you can say. So I appreciate them all. I guess until... I thank everybody for listening as well. Um, if you want to come follow us on Twitter, we are at the dark side of the E. And I guess until next month when we go through our Christmas review, because we shouldn't do Christmas music now or anything, right? Mm, not yet. Probably not. Not yet. I already have to deal with that at work, you know? <laughs> so till next month, come in, join us. Have a holly jolly. Christmas. You said no Christmas music. <laughs> Matt Roberts. R O double B E double R. Double T H E W.